93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Friday, October 18th. This is Kathy's out, so I'll handle the news duties. We'll begin with this. A jury found Philadelphia bicycle delivery man not guilty Thursday of voluntary manslaughter and the fatal stabbing of a real estate developer. The jury agreed that 22-year-old Michael White had acted in self-defense in the July 2018 stabbing of 37-year-old Sean Schellinger during a confrontation sparked by a traffic dispute near Rittenhouse Square. Jurors found White guilty of tampering with evidence, charges that stemmed from throwing the knife onto a roof as he fled and disposing of his bloody clothes. District Attorney Larry Krasner dropped a third-degree murder charge before the trial, leaving only voluntary manslaughter and weapons counts, a decision strongly criticized by Schellinger's mother. Uh, her, her name is Linda, by the way, and she said, I'd like Larry Krasner arrested for obstruction of justice. He has blood on his hands, and Michael White does as well. So they actually yeah. want the district attorney held on charges, which I doubt will happen, but uh, in a statement, Krasner said, we follow the facts and the law in seeking justice, and we respect the verdict of the jury in this factually and legally complex case. The jury had started deliberations Wednesday afternoon after hearing three days of testimony in which both sides largely agreed on the facts. Schellinger had been drinking with friends at a nearby restaurant before the confrontation with White, who was riding past the traffic dispute on his way to deliver food. Prosecutors argued that White inserted himself and escalated the argument by pulling a knife, and they showed the jury's cell phone video taken by a witness. White had testified that he pulled the knife in self-defense. His attorneys argued that Schellinger, a former Penn State University football player, was physically intimidating and intoxicated. White said Schellinger made a racial remark as the altercation started. Prosecutors argued no witnesses corroborated that remark. And members of both White and Schellinger's families were in the courtroom Thursday and during most of the trial. The prosecutor's office had twice downgraded the potential charges against White, including a move last week asking a judge to drop third-degree murder charges. Uh, and obviously, uh, the family, Schellinger's family, was not happy about that. Uh, they stated, in fact, that they will be pursuing the matter at the very least in civil court. Huh, okay. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's not over yet. Nope. Uh, A multi-count indictment has been leveled against two brothers who prosecutors say set their old city Philadelphia business on fire. Imad and Baha Dawara owned a restaurant and hookah lounge turned diner. Uh, The business caught fire on February 18, 2018. The fire also destroyed two five-story buildings and neighboring businesses. Preston, this is what is classically referred to as a fire sale? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. (laughs) 160 people were left homeless. The fire was intentionally started with gasoline, said William McSwain, the U.S. Attorney Mm. of the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. Federal prosecutors laid out the details of the 10-count indictment on Thursday. The charges include multiple counts related to arson as well as wire and mail fraud. The Dewara brothers were allegedly, after insurance money, taking out a $750,000 policy just two weeks before that unfortunate fire happened. Whenever I hear something about this, I always think about that scene in Goodfellas where they're they're setting the the rags up in the lighting system to Mm -hmm. burn the business down. Prosecutors say the owners were at least $64,000 behind in payments to their landlord and were being evicted. 
Uh, in February, on February second, two thousand eighteen, the brothers were asked to vacate the premises. Sixteen days later, the building went up in flames. Huh. The Dewar brothers faced a judge on Thursday afternoon. They never received any of the insurance money that they were allegedly after. And today, two American astronauts will make history by embarking on the first all-female spacewalk. North Carolina native Christina Koch, or is it Koch? I don't know. Or it, might, it might be Cook. Let's go Coke. Uh, Coke or Cook. All right, let's go with... Any uh, works for me. I'm going to say Koch. Yeah. Uh, Christina Koch and Maine native Jessica Meir are set to walk outside the International Space Station together around 7.50 a.m. this morning. Do you think, Preston, when they encounter each other in space, you're going to get one of those, Oh, my God! Because <laughs> <laughs> we talked help. about that, right? I can only help. Yes, it's yeah, supposed yeah. to be the most annoying sound in the world, right. according to our friend Pat House. <laughs> Uh, the women are going outside the space station to replace a failed power controller. Uh, the entire historic event will be streamed live. Uh, Katja's suit will have red stripes, and her helmet will carry the number 18. Mir's suit will not have any stripes, and her helmet will carry the number 11. Uh, the spacewalk will be uh, Katja's fourth and Mir's first. Katja was scheduled to be part of the first all-female uh, spacewalk back in March, with astronaut Anne McLean, but that spacewalk got canceled when NASA realized it didn't have enough properly sized spacesuits for both of them to work yeah, together. That's in the right sizes. Uh, Koch has been in space since March. She is not slated to return to Earth until February. Uh, when she's done, she will have broken the current record for longest space flight by a woman. Wow. So, very cool that's going to happen today. All right, sports this morning. <laughs> All right, in Thursday night football, the Kansas City Chiefs ended a two-game losing streak with a 30-6 to win over the Denver Broncos after reigning MVP Patrick Mahomes dislocated his right knee in a pileup near the goal line in the first half. And after the game, Denver defensive uh, Shelby Harris, uh, defensive end Shelby Harris said, I've never seen anything like that on the field before. His knee was literally all the way to the side. His kneecap was... I wish him the best. We oh. definitely need him in the league. He is a big attraction in the league. Jesus. Uh, Andy Reid said after the game that uh, he didn't know how serious Mahomes' injury was. It was the 200th career regular season win for Reid, by the way, tying him for sixth place in the NFL's all-time list. In the American League Championship Series, George Springer and Carlos Correa each hit three-run home runs, and the Houston Astros beat the New York Yankees 8-3 to with a win. Uh, the Astros are on the cusp of a second World Series visit in three years. The Astros lead the ALCS 3-1, to one, putting the 2017 World Series winners a step away from a showdown with the NL champion Washington Nationals. Game 5 is tonight in Yankee Stadium. And the Flyers are back home this weekend. The game tomorrow night against the Dallas Stars. And the puck is set to drop at 7 p.m. And that... Is all she wrote, baby. There you go. That's going to be my my sports end line when I do the sports. That's all she wrote, baby. That's your boom, there goes the dynamite. That's it. Yeah. That'll be my That's all she wrote, baby. Preston out. (laughs) No, I will not do that. No, don't do that. I will not do that. That's all she wrote, baby. That's all she wrote, baby. You got to put a slight pause before baby. You know what happened? That's all she wrote. 
baby. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you and I should one day should, should go down to the fanatic and 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 do a do a show down there. Doing show them how it's done. <laughs> That's all she wrote, baby. Mike, excuse me. Let me sit here for a second. I'll go in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Show them how it's done. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, good morning. Uh, thank you, Steve, for my wake-up call this morning. I appreciate uh, that. I feel so bad for you because you just had an incident where um, you, you you know, it, it just happened a little while ago, and yeah, then you had, you had a circuit breaker trip in your house, right? So I guess I didn't last time I was late, and this is two times in one year. It's probably never happened yeah, in my yeah. entire career. And it was just a, like a week ago. Yeah. I didn't set my alarm. That was my fault. But I, uh, Steve calls, and I'm like, hello. And the first thing I do is look at the clock, and I'm like, it's blank. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even on. Yeah. But my phone was going because I I, uh, I use my noisemaker, my you know little sound machine on there. Uh, but you know it's got a battery on it, so right. I checked the battery. It was about half depleted. So at some point, and and my wife, you know, we sleep in separate bedrooms. Her uh, TV was on. Yeah. So I'm like, well, the power's not out in the house, so the breaker must have tripped in my room for some reason or another. That sucks. Really weird. So, yeah. Anyhow. Uh, that's the start of my day. <laughs> oh, the joy. So thank you for the call. I know, yeah. So I did the whore's bath uh, again, which is just lean over the sink and sp- do a little spritz. Let a whore clean you. <laughs> I let a whore come over. I keep, fortunately, I'm I keep here, a whore. sweetheart. For such occasion. You occasion. want me to do your balls? Yeah. <laughs> is that where she starts? <laughs> well, she's a whore. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Oh, <laughs> Uh, I get deep up in there. All right, so I'm I'm trying to gather. And that's when the whores come in. I'm trying to gather myself. I'll do my best. Uh, let's see. Guest wise on the program today, we have our friends from uh, the AIDS Walk coming in to remind us about that event. It's this weekend, so Carrie and Rob will be here uh, around the bizarre file time. Should be good weather for that. Yeah, it should be. And then we have uh, Brendan Schaub, who's going to be performing at Helium Comedy Club, stopping by in the eight o'clock hour. Uh, around nine, we are going to have uh, a guy we, we've always wanted to have, and uh, along with some other guests uh, with the, the the film Just Mercy that's coming out. But Tim Blake Nelson, yeah, is an actor who's he's a character actor. He's been in tons of things. Nothing about these guys you've seen, you yeah. know, you've seen him. Most notable character, definitely in Oh Brother, We're Out There. Yeah. He's Delmar. Uh, he's one of the three fugitives, but uh, he's he's a great actor, and he's going to be stopping in this morning, which is great. So I hope that well, the studio is nice and tidy and clean for this big name celebrity that's coming in. <laughs> Uh, we also have, along with Tim, will be uh, Karen Kendrick and Brian Stevenson. Uh, Brian is the author and executive producer, and there's already, you know, some Oscar buzz and stuff like that. So. And look, the dude guy, Michael B. Jordan's playing, and that's a pretty yeah. cool thing. Yeah, he's yeah. playing him, the, yeah. guy, the guy who's coming in, which is really cool. So that we have our friends from Honey Grow uh, are coming by for the second day in a row. <laughs> they accidentally cool. dropped off food yesterday thinking <laughs> that their appearance was yesterday. It's actually today. So it's so nice we get it twice. So thank you to Honey Grow and the gang in Balakidwood right right around the corner. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're they're bringing over the food. So they're, uh, they're putting that together as we speak, which is really cool. Um, we have... Uh, some tickets that we need to give away before the end of the week for uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, so make sure that we do that. We give away our Word of the Week prize. Today, another trip to Los Angeles for the premiere of Dr. Sleep, that film, and the trip is going to be October 29th. So get ready for that. Uh, we'll take a commercial break, and during that commercial break, I will get some entertainment stories ready for <laughs> you. Hot off the press. just got here. Yeah. So. And, of course, it was the day 
when Kathy's gone and I have to do, do the, the news. news. I was thinking the same thing. So I'm, I was thinking as I'm looking at the clock, President, I'm thinking, knowing that, yeah. I'm like, do I? Because our understanding is for you, 5.15 if you're not here. Yeah. And then for me, you know the time I usually, I'm in here pretty early. You're way earlier yeah. than I am. So, yeah. so, um, uh, so if I know. get here and you're not here, I'm going to call you immediately. <laughs> right, right, right. So, But anyhow, we're getting it together. All right, so stay with us. It's going to be a good one. We'll be back in just a moment, <laughs> baby. <laughs> stay there. That's like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So we have a stupid question and a pair of tickets for Disney in concert. Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas with the Philly Pops. And this will be Thursday, October 24th at the Met in Philadelphia. May I just observe that every time you... I forget about it every time, but when you take a swig of coffee in the morning and I see that picture on your mug. <laughs> every morning it catches me off guard and I chuckle. It's Casey's license photo. That's why I had it made. <laughs> and I had it made so when I would be holding... I specifically yeah. had a design that when I would be holding it with my right hand, <laughs> yeah. that it would be facing the camera in front of me here. It catches me off guard every you morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that ad that pops up on your Instagram all the time where you can get uh, photo, uh, you know, uh, like pajamas made with yeah, your photo. Yeah. yeah, like Michael Dukakis. Yeah. 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 No, like, but all over. Oh, no, I have not okay. I haven't seen those. Uh, I did that for my wife for her birthday, so, and it's that picture. Oh, that's right. awesome. All, I'll have to show you a picture. I can't post the picture Please. online because my wife will kill me, but uh, <laughs> but she sent me a picture of her wearing the pajamas. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so stupid question this morning. We're going to go with this. What is the name for the pouch traditionally worn with a Scottish kilt? You know that little purse? Yeah, I little absolutely pouch. know it well. What is the name of that? I've never known this. 215. I'm, I'm sure I've heard it before, but I haven't recalled it. <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. Do you know the name of the pouch traditionally worn with a Scottish kilt? For a while, I used to have a kilt. And, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you ever yeah. wear it? No, no. <laughs> I mean, I wore it for a little bit when I when I got it because wouldn't that be cool? That's a cool fashion statement. Yeah. And then I started to. There was a couple other people I saw wearing them out in public, and I'm like, no, yeah, not the judge. Unless I'm a Highlander, it really yeah. doesn't make any sense. I wear sweatpants, you know what I mean? So yeah, I really yeah. shouldn't judge anybody's fashion. But um, like, unless you're playing a bagpipe, I just don't. It looks weird. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a couple, a man and a woman, on Saturday. I went to the Happy Place at the King of Prussia Mall. Yeah, and they were both wearing kilts with those pouches. And it's, I'm like, <laughs> I, mean, I get it. It's legitimate, but it, you can't help it. It's gonna, it's gonna make you, yeah, look weird. Yep. Mm. All right. So anyhow, let's see if you know the answer. I'm gonna go through some birthdays today. Being Friday, October 18th, it is Pam Dauber's birthday of Mork and Mindy. Uh, she is 68 years old. So and she married was... to Mark Harmon, right? Uh, is she married to Mark Harmon still? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. Yeah, right? So. Okay. And and I think she's from the, like, uh, Kutztown, Lidditz area. Is she? I never knew that. Yes, I just learned this recently that they have a house in that area. Wow. Ooh. Mark Harmon and uh, Pam Dauber? Yes. How about that? They, right. like, vacation. Oh, no, 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 no. I just remembered. Her college roommate was from the area and visited her once, loved it, so they bought a second house. Huh. That's what it was. That's what this it story was. gets more engaging the further you go into <laughs> yeah. it. So Pam Darber bought a house, or her college roommate bought a house. No, Pam and Mark bought a house in Kutztown. In Kutztown, Lidditz area. I don't know, okay. right by the Amish people. Okay, she's uh, <laughs> sixty-eight years old today. Mike Ditka. 
Dicka. And it's a big birthday for him. He's 80 years wow. old wow. today. So what he said, he's had 58 heart attacks. Yeah, that's the word. Uh, uh, he's trying to break the world record. He's still going strong, man. Man. So happy 80th birthday to Mike. He does birthday. one of those uh, ointment commercials. Uh, I don't know if it's Blue Emu or one of those. He's yeah. one of those products he hawks. Uh, Martina Navratilova, the tennis legend, is 63 today. I like her. Mm-hmm. I think she's cool. Jean-Claude Van Damme has yeah. his birthday, yeah. Uh, 59. What did he do just a little while back? He did a, ser- a series where he was playing Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, it got very good reviews. He's doing a little bit more movie work now. Actually, his daughter is an actress. Really? And she's making uh, waves. Uh, as you would well imagine, she's pretty stunning. I saw him in a commercial not too long ago playing, you know, Jean and, right, right, and yeah. making goofing on himself. He gets so, it. Yep. Do you, uh, has anyone ever determined what that large bump on his head is? Is that, is that, was that a, a twin brother that never formed or? Uh, uh, I was thinking. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do not know. Do not know. Uh, it's also Dawn Wells' birthday today. Ah. Yeah, Marianne okay. from Gilligan's Island. Love her. Uh, she's 81. So she's got a year on Ditka. <laughs> uh, well, I wonder if they ever dated. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Happy birthday to Dawn Wells. Zach Efron is 32 today. Can't super, help it. Super dreamy. Super dreamy. <laughs> Guy is, is yeah. totally ripped, but and you want to despise him, but I like him a lot. He's yeah. been a lot of good stuff. Agreed. Uh, Frida Pinto, who is in the film Slumdog Millionaire. Stunning. Is 35 today. She's also in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I think and, she's going to be a, a Bond girl in this next movie. And then the last birthday I saw is Lindsey Vaughn. Oh. The skier. <laughs> Wait, didn't... Gritty was just hitting on yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's dating a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. She's dating somebody... That, no, no, no. Oh, uh, P.K. Subban. Subban, yes. And so uh, so Gritty uh, was sort of... Uh, Lindsey, you can do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can do better. Yeah, well, yeah. well, P.K. was uh, standing right in the background. It was pretty, uh, pretty intelligent and gritty. Uh, yes, uh, Lindsay is a lovely, lovely girl. So. Lovely girl. A girl used to be a skier, Preston. Uh, uh, she hung out with Joy and I one afternoon, and we uh, we scrapbooked. <laughs> oh, you did? Wonderful. That must have been lovely. Uh, Lindsay is... Do you want to know what we ate? What did you eat? Couscous. Okay, I figured. 35 today. So, uh, Kutztown and Lidditz are like, uh, 60 miles apart in Rich, so. oh. <laughs> Hey, but they're closer than, I don't know, let's say Listen. Kutztown and Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> we don't know how big, Nick, we don't know how big this house is. All yeah. I know is I mean, he's, really, they both got a lot of money. There's really good apple cider donuts when you go that <laughs> way on the turnpike. Cool. That's always been the thing you associate with Mark Harmon, is love for apple cider donuts. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Steve. Doesn't he eat them on the show, Preston, all the time? <laughs> yeah, usually you can see him with one with wedge yeah. <laughs> Instead of jaw. And here's a hot take. Apple cider donuts are overrated. No. Yes, they are. Wow. Okay. Uh, Back that, to you, President. I'm All sorry. Right. That blew my mind. Uh, let's see if we can get an answer to this question. What is uh, the name for the pouch traditionally worn with a Scottish kilt? 215-263-WMMR is the number. <laughs> and we will go to Trey for the answer. Hey, Trey. Hey, how are you? Good, Trey. So what's the name for that pouch traditionally worn with a kilt? I'd be a sparring. Sparring, yeah. Yay! Hold on a moment, Trey. It's spelled S-P-O-R-R-A-N, and that's what that is. And since you got it right, we have a pair of tickets for Disney in concert. Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas with Philly Pops, and it's presented by us here at WMMR. Thursday, October 24th at the Met, Philly. Come in costume for Halloween and enjoy this classic movie with a live score and tickets for both shows, October 24th and 25th, are on sale now via phillypops.org. Look over there. That's where Mark Harmon lives. Yeah. <laughs> I do have an answer to the bump on Jean-Claude Van Damme's head. All right. It's just a cyst from being okay. kicked in the head. All right. Not that exciting. Okay. 
That's pretty cool. Nice. All right. Uh, I have some stories here. We're going to start with this one. Kate Middleton and Prince William had a terrifying incident Thursday during their royal tour of Pakistan. After a full day of events in Lahore, the pair were set to travel back to Islamabad on a jet when an electrical storm hit. And at one point, lightning could be seen over the right wing of the plane. I darn near dropped dead. As it got jostled about in the wind. And uh, despite the efforts of the RAF Voyager's pilot to land at two airports, the plane had to turn back. Oh, man. A flight that was set to take uh, 25 minutes ended up taking uh, two hours. So it it scared them a little bit. Those big flashes uh, are the RAF Voyager. This is according to the uh, tweeted by the Associated Press reporter Emma Louise Bowden. Uh, carrying William, Kate, and traveling media going through lightning to aborted landings at Islamabad due to the storm, and we're back in Lahore. I've been through some raucous lightning storms in a plane. Uh, in fact, one time I saw St. Elmo's fire, which Did was pretty really? cool. Yeah, it was pretty wild. But the, um, I, I don't know, I kind of get into the mode that, uh, oh, okay, if this is it, you know, at least I'm not choking on a French fry. I'm going, I'm going out big, you know, right, right. and kind of... There are one or two times I, I really remember getting, okay, maybe I'm checking out now because there's nothing like it. I mean, the the flashes of light and everything is just, it's it's, it's a classic, you know, it's just, how many times in movies have you, have you seen a plane crash during a lightning storm? Uh, after landing, William joked to reporters that uh, he was doing the flying. And a RAF spokesman told reporters uh, on background, can confirm Royal Flight turned around, but uh, everyone's safe and sound. Well, ever since Kylie Jenner sang Rise and Shine to her baby Stormy in a YouTube tour of her Kylie Cosmetics HQ last week, social media has been giggling. Uh, You can hear it. Oh, my God. On Thursday, Thursday, Ariana Grande joined in on the fun, trolling her with the caption, Kylie Jenner, can I sample? Uh, The 22... Is that a... Was she throwing shade? Or was she just throwing some love to her bay? I think it's just kind of funny. Yeah. Okay. I think it was love to the bay. Um, I, I read about this. I didn't know. I watched it. it well, not the Ariana Grande, but the the Kylie. How? I mean, was, uh, it's was okay. It cute? Uh, like, uh, right. If there, if if the perception is she's a solid singer, uh, no, but it's okay. You know, it's just with her daughter. The 22-year-old billionaire was a good sport responding, yes, yes, you can, Ariana, as long as I am in the music video. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, she even changed her Instagram bio to rise and shine and photoshopped her face into the sun, writing, no caption needed. There was a... You uh, just put a caption there. I know. No yeah. caption needed. There was another YouTube video, Preston, of uh, Caitlyn Jenner doing dead lips while singing Old Man River. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> old Man River. Old Man River. Clunk. He don't know nothing. Clunk. <laughs> yeah, he don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. He just keeps rolling. Allah. You and me, we sweat and strain. Uh, later, Jenner posted a rem- remix of her take saying, I think I'm just going to drop an album. <laughs> so she said, drop a deuce. Yeah. Before deleting the clip and replacing it with a new video of Stormy dancing to the sunny beat. God, they live in a shell, don't oh, they? Oh, man. While some fans are soaking up her silliness, uh, others are saying that recent points point to her and a strange love, Travis Scott's reunited status. Uh, she shared a video of Storming dancing uh, to one of Scott's songs, and she captioned it, Daddy's Girls, 
uh, fans oh leaned in on the plural. So. Okay. How many people live in the United States? Uh, about 350, 350, 350 million. million. Okay, she's got 148 million Instagram followers. Uh-huh. That's insane. Now, we don't know if all of them are for the, from the United States. Yeah, they're probably worldwide. Yeah. I know. I guess a lot of them are from Qatar. Yeah, but also, I mean, of the 350 million uh, people that live in the United States, you got, you know, a whole bunch that are in their 70s and 80s and then a whole bunch that are, that are less than 10. So. Do you think the 70s and 80s are, I love that girl? I'm just saying, you know, people that aren't on Instagram... Um, it's it, terrifying. Isn't it, it is. It really is. It is. Yep. But, and she's a billionaire. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And we're talking about her. Uh, and I'm going to continue talking about them because Kendall, uh, I got an insider tip, is in town this weekend, but I don't know why. She was at the airport yesterday, apparently, and she's in Philly for the, for the weekend. She's, she's not, not with Ben Simmons anymore. No, or... but maybe they're rekindling their... Ooh. Oh, no. Or QVC. Sometimes they come in yeah, and do yeah. shows oh, on the okay. yeah. forget. Good point. Listen, I have some gem equipment that I think you might be interested in. <laughs> for dead great for deadlifting. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeremy Renner and his ex, uh, Sonny Pacheo, are embroiled in an ugly custody case over their daughter, Ava, who is six years old, with each side accusing the other of potentially dangerous, abusive behavior. And new filings obtained by People Magazine show the 48-year-old actor's former live-in nanny, a gal named Naomi Moore, Recalling a time when Renner wanted his 28-year-old estranged wife dead. Huh. Now, this most, is really, really ugly. Yeah, the most common topic of Renner's conversations with Miss Moore in the fall of 2018 were his constant complaints about Pacheo. This is a, uh, a quote I'm reading here, and it says, and how horrible she was, and that it would be better if she were dead, Pacheo's lawyers state in the documents. In one particular conversation, Ms. Moore heard Renner state that he was going to go to Pacheo's house and kill her and then kill himself and that it was better that Ava had no parents than to have Pacheo as a mother. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Now, of course, so this is a vicious custody battle. They had act, I thought this had actually gone through and was okay, and then we went into the second phase, mm. and now she's throwing out, uh, he's saying things about her and her sexual proclivities and He's saying, yeah, it's it's one of these things. I haven't seen it this bad since Alec Baldwin and um, Kim, Kim, Basinger. Kim, Kim Basinger. Yeah, yeah. Renner previously <laughs> denied allegations that uh, Pacheo's made of uh, drug abuse, mental abuse, gun use, and threats of violence through his lawyer. What's funny? There's a really funny thing in uh, uh, the Family Guy where where Peter's with the doctor, and he goes, "Peter, I don't know how to say this." Basinger, Basinger, and so when when we couldn't know how figure to out how to this. say her last name, that, that made me <laughs> triggered that humor. Uh, okay, that's good. Yeah, uh, Renner has claimed that Pacheo is sex obsessed. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Steve, yeah. and sent pictures of his groin uh, to their custody evaluator for no other purpose than to cause me extreme embarrassment. So she had pictures of his junk that she sent to their custody evaluator. Really. We okay. keep the pictures of my junk with our tax returns. Yeah, smart. Yeah, because <clears throat> I think we don't, you know not your custody it. evaluator, <laughs> right? But your claims adjuster. <laughs> Somebody needs to have it just in case. We, I think, yeah. we all agree on that. Uh, right? uh, uh, Art, do you need these too? <laughs> <laughs> His last name is Dickler. Yeah, it is Dickler. <laughs> right. Wow. Okay. I have the same guy, Steve. Yep. <laughs> Does he wow, have your deep picks, yeah, Of course. Yeah. a nice, veiny one. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mm-hmm. Steve's lead. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Jamie Foxx hung out with Natalie Friedman for a third time months after his split. His split from longtime love Katie Holmes. Was there ever an official split report no, that I've no. been made aware of? Uh, no. There was never an official announcement, though they were seen constantly together. It was yeah, long yeah. rumored that they were an item. Yeah, I know that. And wow. then there was a, and then he sort of demurred from the um, the relationship. He was, he said, squiring her around town. Right. Yeah. The site snagged video of Fox and Friedman uh, partying in New York with a gaggle of friends. Gaggle, including Lil Kim. She was there too. Lil Kim, when she joined my gaggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Scarlett Johansson appeared on the Ellen DeGeneres show Thursday. She was discussing her new film, The Marriage Story, and her own marriage story with fiancé Colin Jost, starting with his proposal. She said he did do it a romantic way, uh, and he killed it, she said. I love you. I was a very, yeah. it, it was a very James Bond situation, she said. Uh, it was surprising. Uh, she said he's got a little... Behind that news desk, he's hiding. He's got uh, no. He's got a lot behind that oh. news desk. He's hiding. <laughs> uh, Johansson was very was previously married to Ryan Reynolds and Roman Duryak. Uh, she and Duryak share Rose, who is five years old, uh, but she doesn't explain how he did it. She just said it was romantic. It was yeah, James g- Bond give us the details. I want the details. So, what movie was she promoting? It's called the, the Mar- A Marriage Story with Adam Driver. Oh, okay, because she's also in uh, Jojo Rabbit, which comes out this week. Yeah, okay. she is. All right. Yeah, yeah, explain the James Bond thing. What's the correlation? Yeah. I don't know. Did she put know. it in a in a, in a um, razor rimmed hat and throw it at her? <laughs> Maybe he did. For By the way, uh, Black Widow's already in uh, post production. Yeah, love Whoa! that. Yeah. If this has been done right, yeah, uh, my there's no reason to think anything other. I love that story, that, and they hinted at it. Uh, uh, in the age of uh, Ultron? May of next year, Steve. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Excellent. No matter what Martin Scorsese says. Well, a year after... You know what? I'll skip right to the Avengers then. I'll, I'll come back to All this right. other oh. story. But the Hollywood Film Awards will honor Avengers Endgame and Pharrell Williams for the 2019 ceremony. Uh, the hit movie will take home the Hollywood Blockbuster Award after becoming the highest grossing film of all time. Uh, Williams will receive Hollywood Song Award for his track "Letter to My Godfather," and uh, Ron Riggle will emcee the event, which goes down Sunday, November third, at the Beverly Hilton. I've so. never heard this song, "Letter to My Godfather." No, no and neither. I'm not familiar Dear with. <laughs> You're the best Godfather ever. Uh, and I've also not been aware of the Hollywood Blockbuster Award. Do you remember they, they flirted with doing that in the Oscars, I think? Yes. And then they said everybody no. thought it was a bad idea. It's already made the money. You don't need an award for making the most money. Well, what they were the, the whole idea was that so many of the films were films that aren't seen by the general public. Yep. And so they had to give them a reason to hopefully get people to watch the broadcast. Yeah. But then they said, well, wait, wait are you saying that simply because it's a blockbuster, it's not an Oscar-caliber movie? Yeah. And everyone's feathers got ruffled. I understand their idea for wanting I do. to do that. Uh, and, but, yeah, in hindsight, it's like it doesn't really jibe with the rest of the, the tone of, uh, of the right. awards itself. So, uh, All right, anyway, let me backtrack to the other story I was going to tell you about. A year after learning that she had multiple sclerosis, Selma Blair says that she felt like she was out of options. Uh, she was having trouble managing her pain and grappling with physical issues that can stem from MS. She said the disease modifiers did not work for me at the time. And I was really declining more rapidly than I found acceptable. Uh, this is during a panel at the Time 100 Health Summit in New York City on Thursday. She said eventually that she turned to chemo uh, to restart her immune system. She said, I was warned. You kind of make your plans for death. And I told my son that I was doing this. And he said he wanted me cremated. 
Uh, I had more chemo than they usually do for cancer patients because they almost kill you. And it's the stem cell that allows you to live that amount uh, with that amount of chemo. Uh, The chemo is the MS cure uh, if it does, in fact, happen. Uh, She says that she isn't back to her old self, but she's putting her best foot forward for her son. She said, my dream was just to lie next to my son at night and be there as long as I can. So I follow her on Instagram, and um, it's amazing to watch her. Uh, I, You know, I don't know her, and I'm just getting sort of a thumbnail through Instagram, but uh, she seems incredibly strong. Yeah. Um, and she's just, you know, I, I'm sure inspirational is bandied around a lot, but it sure. really is to see her, yeah. you know, making do with what she has and, and, ta- and enjoying each day for what it is. Well, and also... Uh, there are so many people that have MS, and MS yeah. hasn't had a big spotlight on it like this right. for people to understand exactly how debilitating it is. So I would imagine the community is, listen, they're not happy that somebody has MS, but no. somebody this high profile putting the spotlight on it can only increase awareness and help with funding exactly. and things like that. So, she's, so Montel has MS. She's yes. doing great. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. He, I guess he has a lighter form of it. I haven't seen anything about him in ages. Yeah. I mean, he kind of, you know, his his, his talk show kind of went away, and so the 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 interest level kind of dropped on right, him. Right, right. Uh, he's still alive. I do know that, but I don't know how his uh, his health is. But uh, she is certainly, uh, you know, sharing the information, which is cool. She's being very, very forthcoming yes. about everything. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Suzanne Summers is celebrating 73 years of looking fabulous. It was her birthday yesterday. We hey. mentioned that. And the acting and exercise icon shared a picture of herself naked, surrounded by flowers. Oh. I have the picture here. Uh, she says, here I am at 73 in my birthday suit. She's catching the photo. Yeah, so. yeah. Let's just show your 73-year-old nipples. I mean... So she's 73-year-old. Uh, listen, she Come looks on. pretty good. No, of course, we're not seeing what's dragging behind her. But, uh, <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> uh, no, that's listen, it's yeah. 73 to post a picture like that. The yeah. one thing is Go the face it. work. If you see the actual photo and uh, look at it in a monitor, there's all sorts of uh, stuff that's been done. But Yeah, she's had some work done. But body-wise and everything, I've yes. seen worse. Yeah. I've seen worse facial work done. You used to yeah, work in a morgue. Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, no, no. She, no, she looks good. Uh, 73. I would, who would ever imagine that? Uh, you know, Chrissy. It, it's funny, though. Yeah, Chrissy. Would be 73. They, Preston, you, and you, you pointed it out, uh, that people from the outer world, you know, who are, live outside the TMZ bubble and out the, outside of Calabasas and all that stuff, people will age normally. In that bubble... Yeah. You know, it must be hard to determine age. Yeah. And this is aging normally in that <laughs> that, yeah. that is aging normally. Yeah. All right. So, anyhow, uh, a friend of ours, Food Network and celebrity chef Guy Fieri, is teaming up on the five-episode Tournament of Champions, which will feature 16 chefs competing to cook challenges using a variety of ingredients and special cooking tools. Uh-huh. Uh, the new series will begin production this December and launch in March. Uh, Fieri actually issued a call to action from his fans on social media, uh, and he has already snagged more than a million views. You know what I want to do? Here, and we, we can own this. <clears throat> Here's an idea. You're an idea, man? Here's I'm an idea guy. A cooking show, but where they use uh, farming tools and oh, gardening tools. Like a pitchfork? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So you have to... Right. <laughs> I love that Would idea. that be cool? Yes, I'm in. Farm fresh, you could call it. I love it. Uh, cooking and sports are two of my greatest passions, he said in a statement. What people don't realize is that the competitive fire that drives professional athletes also drives the best chefs in the world. So, with Tournament of Champions, 
I'm having the greatest culinary athletes in uh, in the world go head to head in a knockdown drag out bracket style competition. That's going to be off the hook. Let the games begin. That's what his statement says. Have you guys ever been to one of his uh, besides Memphis Taproom? That doesn't count. Uh, have you ever gone to one of his diners, drive-ins, and dives locations? Yeah, I was at the uh, Memphis Taproom. <laughs> Steve, I was there with you. Yeah, uh, that video uh, of us, Marissa sitting side by side, sampling. We all got edited out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you would think we were the only ones there. But that episode airs all the time at the Memphis Tampa. All uh, the time. Yeah. yeah. I so, think I have by accident, in case. I, I, okay. I, like, I've been in a place and you see him up on the wall because he's done so many of them. Uh, but I'm such a fan of his, and, and he get, he gets ripped occasionally online. I don't care what by, people have to say. I, I know, but, but, but I was going to say they get dismissive and hoity-toity. They do. I went to a place in July, um, in in Vegas, and I thought I was going to get knifed in this place. Oh, really? I swear to God, I walked in. It's a place that people can still smoke cigarettes in. Wow. I walked in. Uh, we just wanted to get like a piece of pizza. Oh my God, cigarette smokers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of give you an idea of yeah. like the the layout of this dump. And I, yeah, we walked in, and nobody was. It was kind of like when Pee Wee Herman walked into that biker bar. That's like <laughs> so what how, we. That's what how we was had the food. To, we didn't. No, I'm sorry. You I'm just leaving. Right around? I, okay. I was like, let's go find a different because we were on his website. We went to. We went to go to someplace. We ended up going to this barbecue joint. Right. It was called like uh, somebody's like uh, roadkill side. You know, roadkill joint, and it was actually really, really good. I enjoyed that, but the first place I was like, one team at Canker Source. <laughs> <laughs> this place sounds good. Swan team at canker sore. Yeah, that happens all the time. Like, imagine somebody getting sent to, like, donkeys. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I heard the best cheesesteak in Philly is uh, over in Camden. Just head on over there. And I take a do thousand that. donkeys before this place that I went to in Vegas. Really? I'm, I'm telling you, man, this place was... I'll tell you, the big regret is that he's invited us out consistently to go to his place up in... Uh, NorCal. Yeah, and, uh, and do a broadcast. We... we, we Listen, we had we've been having some good times where we go out on the road and do this stuff. We you know, we gotta do yeah. something like that. I know. We have all these people inviting us. We, you have, know. we have invites. We could do a road and trip. And bring man. listeners. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so anyhow, he's got a new show coming up. Speaking of new shows, B E T plus is debuting its first new original unscripted series, uh American Gangster Trap Queens, a look at female gangsters. Uh yeah, according to the um Head of programming, uh, Marissa Levy. Uh, BET is excited to bring American Gangster Trap Queens to BET+. Plus. Uh, we've reimagined the long-running series by letting women take center stage. Each episode features one of America's most successful and notorious female criminal masterminds huh. recounting her cautionary tale. So gangsters or gangstas? Gangsters. Okay. Uh, given the success of the original long-running American Gangster television series, we hope Trap Queens will become a fresh fan favorite in the true crime genre as well. So are these, I don't, I don't know, are, are these um, ex-cons? Or it, these? it sounds like it okay. because it would be a little bit of a um, liability to <laughs> yeah, start to, telling your story. Yeah, if you're currently. And here's where I live yeah, right now. Yeah. I'm at the studio if you want to arrest me. I would, I would say this. Uh, I think it was Matt Geo <laughs> did a series that was similar to this. Uh, where they were talking about cartel, uh, you know, female drug lords and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, wow, if you think the dudes are vicious, uh, some of these women were just, you know, as they say, off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Two more quick things. Jonah Hill has uh, turned on a role in the upcoming Batman, The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves. He was reportedly under consideration for roles including The Penguin and The Riddler. Uh, Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz are starring. No word on why he passed, but he did pass. You saw um, who said yes, right? 
Uh, no. Paul this, Dano. This was last night. Came oh, out. is the Riddler. Yeah. Which I think that's is really good. Great. Man, he can be quirky. Weird. Weird. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. A lot of people gave, uh, uh, you know, didn't like Jesse Eisenberg as, um, uh, as Luthor. Luthor. And I thought, I liked his portrayal. I thought yeah. it was quirky. And you could see someone like that being a lunatic yeah. with that kind of view of the world. So, yeah, and, and he's, he's definitely got that. Paul Dano, he came by here uh, one time, really cool, insanely talented guy, but he plays such oddball characters that I was like, is he going to be weird in person? <laughs> you and know? you can't extract that when yeah. you look at him and you talk at him, you talk to him because he has always been that kind of guy. Yeah, we've yeah. had him in twice, I think. Yeah. Have we? Yeah. Okay. One to play crack shot. <laughs> ah. All right, then one other story. Jennifer Aniston has had a busy week making her Instagram debut and breaking the Guinness World Record title for the fastest time to reach a million followers. Five hours and 16 minutes, by That's the way. That's unbelievable. <clears throat> and now she tells Jimmy Kimmel that she's uh, baking content for 11 million followers. <laughs> Turkeys are done. <clears throat> and uh, on Wednesday, she also discussed her new Apple Plus series, The Morning Show. Uh, she says she had dinner with Diane Sawyer, who dished on what really happens behind the scenes on morning news. Okay. She, she, all right. She's not from Delco, but, like, what is her Delco tie? She's, she lives with Mark Harmon. Is that, no. Yeah. That's in Lidditz. Yeah, in Lidditz. Yeah, in Lidditz. Miles from uh, area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, apparently maybe she had, like, family members that lived in, like, uh, like Eddystone or something like that. I think somebody in Delaware County started that rumor. I like that rumor. Yeah, yeah. I like it. That rumor I don't know. I've never lot. heard it. I have no idea. All right, we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the bottom. Of All right, get to the bottom of that place. Cool. Investigative reporter Casey. <laughs> there are two new movies opening this week. Oh, yeah, bud. I'm gonna highlight these for you, but not before I demand my musical accompaniment. So, Zombieland Double Tap comes out. It's an action-slash-comedy film directed by Ruben Fleischer. Stars a lot of people. Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, Rosario Dawson, Abigail Breslin, Zoe Deutsch, and Luke Wilson. Uh, Four zombie slayers face off against a slew of new kinds of zombies, as well as some other humans. It is rated R, hour and 39 minutes, and it's uh, snagged a 75% score so far on Rotten Tomatoes. They're saying Zoe Deutsch steals the show, uh, uh, that it has the same fun vibe as the first one, uh, that everyone rises to the uh, to the challenge, because, you know, the first one has now reached cult status, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Nice. Zoe Deutsch is actually uh, Leah Thompson's daughter. Really? Yes. We, is that We had her in then. We had her in our studio. Okay. And then the next film... We're on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next film opening this weekend, Maleficent Mistress of Evil, which is an adventure-slash-family film directed by Joachim Ronning. I think it's Ronning because the O has a little line through it. Yeah, let's do that. Ronning. And uh, it's... Ronning on (laughs) it. Ronning. Uh, stars Angelina Jolie, Al Fanning, Michelle Pfeiffer, Harris Dickinson, Sam Riley, Chitterwell Edgefor, Ed Screen, uh, Imelda Staunton, and Juno Temple. And it is about Maleficent and her goddaughter, Aurora, and they are pulled in different directions by dark forces and Aurora's pending nuptials. Michelle Pfeiffer's the the, uh, the evil one in this one. Uh, rated PG. 
Hour and 58 minutes long and has a 47% score at Rotten Tomatoes so far. The first movie was great. I love the first one. I watch it whenever it's on. It has such a wonderful story. Uh, um, and this one seems to be going a little bit more for fun, but that's okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're now ready for the clips, so let's get to them. Fourth season of American Housewife continues tonight. Here, Katie Mixon compares her character Katie Otto to herself. We both kind of attack life, I think, like as the years have gone on. Before, I was like, I'm nothing like Katie Otto. And right now, I kind of do truly admit we, we attack life the same way in the sense that we're firecrackers. Shut the f*** up! <laughs> uh, American Housewife airs tonight, 8 o'clock on ABC. She is. Uh, she's good. She's. Uh, um, it's funny, throughout her career, she's, um, you know, she's now a fuller figure woman. But if you look at earlier on her career, she was kind of a... The, the, Came on as the sex pot. Oh no, kidding! Uh, almost like Delta Burke. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. She looks great both ways. She's a BBW. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, her daughter Preston in this series is the one who's in that zombie Disney movie series. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Her daughter? Is? Yeah, yeah. So it's very. Does she know. play the lead? Yeah, she plays the the, the, the no. cheerleader. Yeah, wow. so in this series, that's her daughter. Okay. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah, she's a talented young lady. All right, let's do the next clip. Zombie Slayers, Tallahassee, Columbus, Wichita, and Little Rock square off against the newly evolved undead in the highly anticipated sequel to Zombieland, or the highly anticipated sequel, Zombieland Double Tap. In this clip, Jesse Eisenberg talks about uh, accessing his character from 10 years ago. I think what was great about the first one is that Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick wrote this amazing script, and they also allowed us with Ruben to like bring our own senses of humor to it. So the characters stayed with us in a way, partly because we became them, and we made the characters kind of versions of us. Well, well I don't mm. get <laughs> They're right back cold, but they're... Uh, Zombie Land Double Tap releases in theaters today, so uh, get out there and see it. I think it's cool, Emma. Stone uh, is back. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. the award winner Emma Stone. Yeah. yeah. Um, I follow up on Jennifer Aniston. She did live in Eddie Stone for a hot minute. Uh, her father was a struggling actor, uh, wasn't hitting it big. So he moved to uh, back home, I guess, with his mother in Eddie Stone. And then he ended up hitting it big in soap, soap operas. operas. Yeah. And then he ended up moving back to New York. And then Jennifer would spend like holidays and summers in Eddie Stone, Pennsylvania. Steve, investigative reporter Casey Foster blows the lid. Tonight. <laughs> of Totally Casey. <laughs> I am Casey Boy here at the site of where Jennifer Aniston once visited her father who went on to be in a soap opera. <laughs> Mark Carmen lives out there. <laughs> With the outside cider donuts. Yeah, right. <laughs> it sounds like me. <laughs> Casey, I got a follow up for you. Uh, notable oh. residents for Eddie Stone. Jennifer Aniston is listed on there. Yes. Also, Steve Versetti. Uh, he's the Delco Caucus member, bicycle mechanic, falconer, and friend. Oh. <laughs> wow. And friend? Falconer as well? Yeah. No Tonight, I'm totally Casey. <laughs> Where are the next generation of falconers coming from? I do like falconers. Yeah, well, he's also your friend and friend. Yeah, yeah and friend. That's that's in his his qualifications. <laughs> yeah. He'll fix and... your bike, bring a falcon, and be your friend, and well. retrieve small vermin with his bird. Is that on Wikipedia? Yes. All right, Steve Verzetti. Uh huh. Mm. And I'm running for Congress. Uh... What other congressman has a falcon? And it doesn't. You know what? It doesn't. Ha- that's got to be. 
That's got to be a joke. Somebody uh, just added that. Yeah, be, because number one, Nick clicked on Steve Rossetti and, and nothing comes up. It says uh, <laughs> it does not have an article with this name. Steve's buddy must have Steve's done that. Steve's buddy for must it, have yeah. put it because who puts bi- bicycle mechanic, falconer, and friend? Look, I also put butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so I was on Conestoga and uh, Cardinal Harrow's Wikipedia pages. Is this part of Casey Reports? It's a part of okay. Casey Reports. <laughs> Steve Frazetti reporting. I am Casey Boy out on Conestoga. Go ahead. How do we get on their notable alumni? Oh, we're not? Wondering. No. What the hell? No. Uh, what, on, on Wikipedia? Yeah. You enter it. I don't know how Everyone to Everyone can contribute to Wikipedia. It's, it's the people's <laughs> encyclopedia. Yeah. <laughs> do you think I could get on YouTube press? <laughs> I think YouTube will be there to cover it. It's a mind blower, Casey. You're already on YouTube. All right. Uh, that's the entertainment report for you this morning. Uh, we have a lot going on today. Let's go ahead and take a break. Come back in a moment, and I'll give you the rundown of what is taking place on this fine Friday that we spend together. You stay where you are. We'll stay right here, and we'll hang together in a moment. Tomorrow from noon till 2, Marissa Magnata rocks Studio Day at Newman University. From experienced instructors and the latest technologies to real-world internships, there are no limits to your success at Newman. Register at newman.edu slash studio day. Join Brent Porsche tomorrow from noon till 2 at T-Mobile in the bottom level of Fashion Mall, Philadelphia at 901 Market Street. See for yourself why T-Mobile is America's most loved wireless brand. Tomorrow from 11 to 1, Nick McElwain rocks hand in stone in the Willow Grove Shopping Center. Learn about their great services, enjoy food from smoked food truck, and enter to win a one-year membership and tickets to the best haunted attractions in the area. Join Marissa Magnata Sunday from 7 to 9 at Drinkers, 1903 Chestnut Street, Center City. Enter to win Eagles tickets and signed Eagles merch courtesy of Bud Light Platinum. 93.3 WMMR. Everything and everywhere that rocks. We'll have joining us in the studio a little bit later on this morning, actor Tim Blake Nelson, who's yeah. been in a gazillion different films. Worked with the Coen Brothers a lot. That is correct. And uh, also actress Karen Kendrick, and she was in, she's was she been in a few uh, cool things as well. And they are promoting a film called Just Mercy, which will be out in January of next year. And also the author and executive producer of the film, Brian Stevenson, will be here. He's being portrayed by Michael B. Jordan, which is pretty badass. Yeah, he, he wrote the book yeah. and then adapted it for kids and then, uh, yeah, and put the whole thing in motion. It's amazing. So they're stopping by today as well as Brendan Schaub who will be at uh, Helium Comedy Club uh, tonight and through the weekend. So we have those things on the way. Uh, and I, uh, my uh, circuit breaker in my room <laughs> shut off so my alarm clock didn't work and I'm still getting stuff together. Well, uh, getting here this morning. Do you what? So you want? Uh, um, you know, it's your your call. Obviously, uh, anything well, rocking your world because yeah. we you, we do have a whole bunch of stuff we're sitting on. So it's just where do we go? Here's here's you know lately I've been uh, I've been categorizing things because uh, I get I get loads of information that I dig through to find out you know what what we can talk about on the program, and uh, you know I've I've got loads of stuff from now. I have a file for the Just Saying Institute. Uh, I have a file for the connoisseur. I have a file for the historian. I have a file for the noticer. Blah blah blah. What about the general store? Well, the odds and ends. Odds, odds and ends. ends. Yes. Yeah. I forgot about that. And city beat. But I but I have an I have another one, and it's it's a it's just uh, lists. 
I've oh. set aside. Listomania? Listomania. Listorama. Listorama. Uh, Listeria. 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 Uh, I, I don't really know what to call it. But uh, Do we have some We have some solid lists? Yeah, yeah, I do. Actually. I mean, listen, there's such a, a tremendous amount of information, and, and we just keep subcategorizing it to make it look like it's valid. Sure. That's, that's what we do. Yeah. But this one, what is this? It's uh, your theme music. It's called Listin' Like Thieves. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> See, what Casey does is he takes a word, he types it into the yeah. search bar in our uh-huh. system, and the first things that it comes come up, up, that's what gets so played. So L-I-S-T, he wrote. Yeah, you're listing, bud. Okay, so Listen Like Thieves from NXS. Yeah, it's up. still, List is in there. Look, we'll come up with a better theme yeah. eventually. Fine. Let's uh, listen to the music, bro. I, I have a, a list of... <laughs> Do we have I, any friends list in there? I have a list of things that uh, parents said that their kids did uh, that there are no words for, and there's some pretty good ones here. A list of things that kids did that parents have no words for. Yes, and in fact, these are um, these are uh, people admitting things they did as a kid, and uh, that there is this the one that I want to no. I can't not... read it. There's no there's no words on. it. Thank you. This is a different one. Uh, <laughs> the most illogical thing your toddler had a breakdown over. Okay. okay, so the, the, the first list you just said just wasn't worth it. Yeah, well, can we F come that back to list. No, I like this one better because the first one that I read, and uh, these are just some examples I'll give you. So uh, this person wrote and said, my toddler lost it because the imaginary door on his imaginary fire truck wouldn't open and he was stuck inside. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Kids are so delightfully aren't, stupid. Aren't they, though? My neighbor, when I was younger, had to help my brother uh, push. He had, like, a little generally uh, pedal car, and he had to help him push it home because it, quote-unquote, ran out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you just say it's a pedal car, you <laughs> dumbass? Yeah. Here's another one. Our daughter cried because she didn't get to go to her parents' wedding seven years before she was born. Huh. These are reasons that uh, the kids had a meltdown. Uh, here's another one that says, uh, from the back seat, my enraged toddler sobbed. He's looking out my window. He was mad because his brother was looking out of his window instead of out of another one. <laughs> That's a standard. Do you get that with well, your I, kids? Do they do that? Well, not now because they're teenagers, but yeah. That, that, that Wouldn't that be? If they're adults? Yeah, if they're full-on adults. Yeah. Excuse <laughs> me, Dad. <laughs> Stop looking out my window. Parker's looking out my window. Mm-hmm. He's taking all the window out of it. Oh man, um, I was, dr- uh, you know, I was with a friend of mine. It's it, listen, when you're little, you just sort of nitpick on on the tiniest little things. So yeah, even if like said brother or sister wasn't leaning over to look out the window, you would kind of like find a reason to get annoyed. Especially they just piss you off. A longer car ride. Yeah. I remember driving back from the mountains with a friend of mine, and um, I decided to see how high up I could count, and. Um, and so, like, when I got to 100, I just started over again, and I was like, one, two, three. And then he got, like, all pissed off at me, and he's like, you can't do that. I was like, but I'm, I'm you're not the one counting. I'm the one. And then his, like, grandfather stepped in, and he was like, Gary, shut up. He's allowed to count however he wants to count. You know, it, it, but, you know, it, for some reason, that set Gary off, and, right. and, you know, he just wanted to. And right now, Gary's in prison. Yeah. He, no, he's not. He's actually a, a God-fearing Christian. Student. Is he? Yeah, he's. <laughs> Doing very well for himself. Well, he found God in prison. (laughs) Fort Myers, Florida. I murdered 10 people, and then I found the Lord. They were all mathematicians. (laughs) All the people you killed were mathematicians. Yeah, they counting and counting and counting. (laughs) Oh, my God. Sorry for the snort. Here's another one. It says, I teach preschool, and two of my three-year-olds got into a heated argument 
because they thought that only one of them could like onions. <laughs> and the, the teacher says there was sobbing, rage, and tears all over onions. So uh, if you watch America's Funny Home <clears throat> videos, they have this sort of stuff all the time. And I, I wonder if it's it's obviously your 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 mind is coming together, your ability to reason, logic, all that stuff. And so uh, what seems to be something really important when you're a kid can carry extra weight that it really doesn't have. And so that's why you end up with stuff like this. I can still remember being on the bus in grade school and everybody ganged up on uh, a girl named Melissa because she said her dad owned Egypt. And everyone was like, you can't own a country. You can't. You just can't own a country. You can't own a country. And literally the entire bus ride, until three days later, we realized that he owned Egypt Nightclub. Oh. <laughs> and, but no, really? we were like seven, so nobody knew what Egypt was. Including her. Including, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he owns Egypt. Yeah. I, see, I, you, you'll see these things on like Twitter and Instagram, and, and the caption always does it. You'll see a kid that's crying, and then the caption will say, you know, this is why... You know, Sally or Billy is crying, and it's always something stupid, like... Parents died in a car crash. No! That's... Oh, that is... That, that would be a reason to cry. Yeah, that's a good yeah, reason yeah. All right, here's another one. My son wanted me to wrap him like a burrito for bed. For bed. <laughs> I did, but he was upset because I wrapped him like a bean burrito, crying, I wanted to be a chicken and rice burrito. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love um, that. Uh, so here's another one that says, uh, my kid screamed at his balloons for an hour because it wouldn't stop floating. Uh, another one says, my sister threw an hour-long tantrum because she couldn't bring her hamster to our grandmother's funeral. Is there a point at which this, the kids complaining about stuff, circles around to what? Very old people. Maybe. So, Why yeah. won't those balloons stop floating? <laughs> yes, yeah, it might like, be. Uh, you know. Similar to do that. You, you can't own Egypt. Uh, here's another one that says, uh, my son enjoys My Little Pony. However, we cannot refer to it as his My Little Pony. He can say My Little Pony, but my wife and I must refer to it as Your Little Pony oh. or he loses his mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, here's another one that says, kiddo flipped out because the cat cheated in a game they were playing. <laughs> do you remember anything you flipped out on as a kid? Something that would drive you, because the classic thing is, he's looking at me, he's looking at me, you right. know, where you, you, you do the staring game, or sit, sitting too close, or holding your finger close to someone, you know. You know what, I, I don't remember what did it, but I had two brothers growing up, I was the oldest of three, and we fought every single night, and yes. it was just wrestling, and it, it was beating the crap out of each other, Right. and I, I, I don't know why we did it, other than the fact that we were three boys living under the same roof. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's the the only recipe you need. It was incessant, and my parents just and, got and used your to one it. brother claimed to own Austria. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I was like, no, it's Australia. <laughs> uh, but you know, it was clockwork. Every night after dinner, we'd go up and uh, you know, uh, hallway football and upstairs hallway football. And all right, so like wrestling, yeah, like purposely fighting, but not punches, like, dead yeah. arms. You know, yeah. you'd play safety when one of us would fart. And, you know, oh, one would have oh to yeah, get to the doorknob and yeah, time. Yeah. the whole damn deal. Uh, here's one that says, my daughter dropped a pretzel and the dog ate it. She started bawling and then threw an entire cup of pretzels on the floor. Spoiler alert, the dog ate those too. Uh, my little guy who loves hats was very upset because he wanted to wear two hats at once to bed and I wouldn't let him do it. Uh, so <clears throat> here's another one. My toddler got ticked off because the trees are taller than our house. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just fixate on something. And just whatever it is, they just they can't let it go. And then at some point, uh, you assume that regular 
faculties kick in and that tamps that right. down. And then other times you have people who are in asylums because <laughs> they're uh, still concerned about that. So here's a different list, but it keys off of things as kids. Now, these are these are adults uh, revealing weird things they did as kids and just they can't explain why they did it. Where's so, our song case? So these are uh, these are even better. This, this is a, a good... We're going to come up with better music. <laughs> How about Listomania by uh, Phoenix? Sure. Sounds good to me. I don't know. I have no idea. All right, listen to this. How about this? This this person says, in fourth grade, I had a folder in my desk with hair from every kid in the class, each on an individual piece of tape with their name, just in case cloning technology was ever invented. Who did? What is this? This, 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 This is a random person? Yeah, this is what they did as a kid. These are weird things. That's that people creepy. did as kids, and there are no words for. So they could clone their classmates. How about this one? Said, I put all my Barbies in the oven and gave the melted plastic to my mom as a gift. <laughs> How many of these people do you think are, are currently serial killers? Uh, this one says, I don't know why, but whenever I would finish eating a cupcake, I'd also stick the paper cup in my mouth and chew on it for a bit and then spit it out. Yeah. You do that, Case? I mean, it wasn't like a... Uh, I, I have done it. I have not like. Uh, Would it you ever throw like out a, the cupcake and just eat the paper? <laughs> no, it wasn't like a regular practice. But uh, I don't know. You're a kid. You do dumb things. These are things that you look back as a kid and go, "I can't believe I used to do that." Here's another one that says, "I used to call my vagina a pocky king." <laughs> what? A pocking king. And then uh, they have no idea why, but that's what they call huh. it. Well, I love that. Uh, what was Kathy's name for semen? Her, her well, mother, Jigio. Jigio. Oh, Jigio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another one that says, oh, my God, I used to think that when I ate cereal that I should eat it in pairs so they all go in my stomach with a friend. <laughs> and I would also think that they all met up and had a party in my stomach. So two pieces of cereal, like two flakes or two Cheerios. But this does. there's things that don't leave you at some level. I think uh, the, the part of you that's a kid that would want to eat two pieces of cereal together. Now, remember your thing, Preston, with the stir sticks of yeah. Wawa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? And, and how you... I would use two of them because I thought that when I threw that one away, it needed a friend. <laughs> it's the same goddamn thing. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you have this, this stir stick. Its entire purpose was made yeah. for about three seconds of activity, and then it gets discarded and tossed away. It goes through the whole process. Why not have a buddy with you? Cannot share it with anybody? Mm-hmm. No, Nobody to commiserate with? Meanwhile, I'm doing is wasting <laughs> a good stir stick. Exactly. That's all that I'm doing. Uh, here's another one that says, I used to enjoy peeling the dead skin off my mom's feet. Oh, my well, God. Well, don't you do that with the pet egg? Mm. Uh, that's my own feet, but that's for not for fun. <laughs> Here's another one that says, my brother and I would eat crackers with soap. Literally, hand soap from the bathroom. No. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Which actually, well, no, it's not. Is uh, that going to be lethal? No, not lethal, but the, um, uh, what's the, the, the antibacterial stuff? That'll, that'll get you drunk. Oh, uh, Purell? <clears throat> yeah, whatever. Any yeah, of those, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, the, what do you call that stuff? Hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. Thank you, Marissa. Jesus. Uh, this says, not me, but once I heard someone say that as a kid they thought the laugh tracks in studio audience type shows was other people watching from home laughing. <laughs> so they'd sit really close to the TV and laugh as hard as they could. <laughs> so they could be part of the laugh so track. they could be part of the TV show. Wow. wow. My little brother used to think that the toilet said Mally, 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 Philadelphia when you would flush it. I have no idea where I'm that sorry. comes from. Yeah. Say that again? All right, so you would flush the toilet, yeah. and it would go, and then when it would go down, that it would say, <laughs> Mally, 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 Philadelphia. 
There's not even a sound that remotely sounds like Mally, 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 well, Philadelphia. It's so when the water goes in, then it eventually kind of gurgles at yeah, the bottom. Yeah. Gurgle, gurgle, yeah. Gurgle. yeah. At the very end we here. This. Listen for Mally, 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 Philadelphia. Hang on. Wow. Mally, Mally, Mally. Right there. Yeah, basically. Who, who is this? This is my little brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy God. Well, that explains a lot. Uh, this says, uh, this one said, I like to chew the feet off my Barbies, but I never did it to my Bratz dolls for some reason. Chew the feet off? The plastic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, you have to have the teeth of a beaver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the legs are made of a different plastic. They're rubbery. Yeah. Yeah. They're oh, not, okay. Not, <laughs> so they're not, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. They're not Just hard saying. plastic. <laughs> Uh, let's see. When my hamster died due to a chair falling on her, I stuck a straw in her mouth and blew hard as a CPR attempt, but she just inflated and I accidentally inhaled her organ. Oh, oh. Oh, that's disgusting. Probably should just kill yourself. No, you you take the tiny defibrillators. (laughs) This person said they used to poke holes on the top of their doll boxes so that they could breathe. Uh, do we all do we all make potions as kids? I did. Okay. I, I was I was concerned with curing cancer right. by using all of the stuff that was in the bathroom uh, medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. So I was convinced yeah. that if you mix Lavoris with Crest, yeah, you know, and so, oh, oh my God, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the, the the young men who cured cancers with us today. How did you do it? Yeah. It was easy. I mixed Lavoris with Crest. <laughs> It's been right in front of us all this time. <laughs> this whole yeah, time. potions. Yeah, we sure. would do it with like basically the mud puddles in the driveways and stuff like that. You just throw mud and leaves and pine cones and all this sort of stuff, and you were making potion. I, what was the potion for? What was the, the direct? What were you looking to achieve with the potion? I have no idea. Just well, just making just a general making potion. potion. Yeah. I think sometimes to create witches. We, I don't, I couldn't tell you if it was to make witches or if we were just witches. Well, when you use the potion at the end of it, did you have a witch? No. Okay. I mean, Steve, we we literally dug a hole in my friend's backyard for like two weeks <laughs> I, if, for no reason. I can't believe the parents allowed us to do it, but we would get home from school. <laughs> All right, let's go! <laughs> we're going to go dig our hole, Ma. Uh, dig in! Yeah, go dig it. Yeah, but Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Got him out of the house. Why? 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 I'll tell you. Have what, a man. have a good time, sweetheart. <laughs> Kill me now. <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, like, I and remember- I know as a kid. You, listen, I remember walking. I had an apartment, and my neighbors' kids were out back, and they had a a, a hose, and they were in the they were making. I said, "What are you doing? Uh, we're making mud." <laughs> Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, when you're a kid, uh-huh. that's it. That's an all, that's your whole afternoon. Yep. Uh, here's one. Uh, well, okay. I remember. <laughs> I remember we used to be in a friend of mine. We used to, <laughs> we're probably in like third or fourth grade. But um, and this is when I lived in South Carolina for a short time, and and there were yellow jackets all over the place, and they would uh, they had. Their um their nests per se were in the ground. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. those suckers so, are mean. So we'd find those things, and we we found. <laughs> it. We, I swear to God, we used to do this. Why? Don't even ask me. Right. Okay? We were kids, so we would strip down to our underwear. <laughs> okay. And we'd fill our underwear with like t-shirts and stuff, so it was all ballooned up. Okay. And we'd go out and taunt these yellow jackets. 
Stop it. And would eventually get stung by them. No, so what, was, yeah. what was the purpose of balling up? Dude, I told you, I don't know. Probably right, seeing in case your know. balls got stung or yeah, yeah, maybe. But, but why it. take your clothes off in the first place? I to think protect your... Maybe it felt manly. Yeah. Like we were going, uh, I told you, like third or fourth grade or something And you would like taunt that. the bees. Yeah. And you'd always get stung. Like like the stick, you know, poked. We're, here we are poking a nest <laughs> yes. of yellow jackets in underwear. I can't believe wow. you didn't intimidate them. And maybe the... And maybe the uh, oh, boy. Look at this. Look at this. Maybe maybe it was that. Maybe we wanted to protect the most vital of areas. Sure. By stuffing T-shirts uh, in our underwear, which were tidy whities <laughs> by the way. You had pre-thought this. And... Uh, uh, but but it was too you know but but otherwise we were unguarded and we were we were being you know manly yeah very primal a knight yeah. without armor in right. a savage land I will <laughs> fall on my sword you know yes yeah. I am Dar of the mountain people God I Paladin that memory just came to me that's great that. and you didn't even eat therapy yeah isn't that weird when when one will just pop up like oh my God. <sighs> I, I can't believe I actually used well, to do that. We've talked about the, the multitude of ways we should have died as kids, yeah. all, all the dumb things. Well, I mean, I don't know how it was when you were growing up, but when I was growing up, your backyard was my backyard. And so so the, the two blocks, the block that my house was on and then the block that my house was across the street from, the entire block's were my was my playground you shared black uh, backyards so i had a fence around my yard and i had a great dane yeah so my backyard was my backyard uh, right. no there okay so speaking of which there were two houses that we stayed away from major uh the you know the dog that lived there and then right across the street from him it was uh was samson uh those dogs are pretty nasty so we stayed away from those houses okay. um but for the dude i was on people's roofs under their porches, like, yeah, because you know, we played making love to their wives. Making love no, that to was, their wives. No, it was it was the same way in, in my neighborhood when I would stuff my underwear, <laughs> full of shirts and stuff. Uh, literally, it was it was the, the the entire neighborhood was your playground. Yeah, we we had a dinner bell, so you, oh, could, yep. you could just go out. Yeah, and then when you'd hear the bell, you, you would come back home. Absolutely, yeah. there was only one dinner bell in my uh, neighborhood. It wasn't my house. Uh, they'd hear the bell ring and be like, okay, they, yeah, we got to head back. Classic head, triangle. Head back home. Yep. So yeah. Uh, I'd always come back, and my parents would be halfway through moving, and like, God damn it! Here's another one, <laughs> and then I'll I'll go to some calls. Uh, this one says I used Elmer's glue and would spread it all over my hand, let it dry, and then proceed to peel it. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. That so was that a standard. Was a, that, would, that, would, that would occupy a good uh, 20, 30 minutes. Model glue as well. Okay, mm-hmm. and then you sniff it. Sure. Model <laughs> glue did smell awesome. Uh, but they made it eventually where it wouldn't get you hot. Well, rubber yeah. cement. Remember that was the whole yeah. big thing? Yeah. yeah. Rubber and cement you could make balls out of. Some of it was fla- uh, like had an orange scent to it. I loved that what? stuff. It te- what was it? Testers? Was that the name of it? Testers glue? I don't remember. Yeah. I mm. do not remember. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go to some calls. I'm going to go to uh, Zach. Hey, Zach, you're on the air. Good morning. Morning, guys. Hey, what's up, Zach? Hey, man, when I was a kid, I used to have my dad tie my shoes so tight, my feet would go numb. <laughs> Why? So, and you liked it that way? I did, and I would cry if he wouldn't tie them that way, and it drove him nuts to the point where he bought tools to tie ice skates so tight. Yeah. And they still weren't enough. No way. So there was a tool, it was like a little hook. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. you would yep. put in the laces and, and, and pull really hard to get them as tight as you possibly could. That's crazy, man. And he would go along with this? He would. As frustrated as it got, but he'd still do it. All right. And, and the funny part, yeah. to this day, I still get made fun of because I barely tie my shoes to the point where they almost fall off. <laughs> there, there, there you go. There you go. There yep. you, go. you, you scarred go. yourself. All right. Thanks, man. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go to, let's go to Kate. Hi, Kate. Good morning. 
Good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, really weird thing you did when you were a kid. What was it? I stole my sister's pencil case. Mm-hmm. She was seven years older, and I went door to door and sold used pencils to my neighbors. Used pencils. Asked, you yes. used her. So you, you took your sister's pencil case and you went and made a profit on her used pencils. Yes. <laughs> and did she? How did she react to this? I don't think she didn't find out until later. Um, and then one of my neighbors actually called my mom because I was pretty young. I was like four or five. Now walking around Northeast Philly, like selling yeah. pencils. Yeah, a, a an unsupervised child wandering the neighborhood. Yes, I purchased yeah. a used pencil from your daughter, and the point <laughs> broke. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, and and I would imagine people bought them because they thought it was cute that you were selling pencils, right? Yeah, I had a couple neighbors that actually bought them, and then I don't remember many people actually turning me down. I don't also remember getting very far in the neighborhood; only like a couple of doors down. Right. Um, but, yeah, one old lady specifically around the corner. Wow. Bought, uh, bought, oh, this is adorable. For 25 cents. Yeah, nice. no, that's cool. All right, Kate, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> Did it. Did you ever have, have a yeah. lemonade stand growing up, Preston? Yeah, yeah, we used to do that. My lemonade stand sucked. Yeah. Well, the the stand themselves are never really yeah. nice, but uh, they, they happen in our neighborhood pretty regularly. And sometimes you go by and they're just giving it away. I'm like, really? I'm like, I'm. Oh yeah, I'm able to pay for I it. I put a little extra in it for you. Yeah, my yeah. brother and I used to buy stuff from Oriental Trading and then sell it at summer camp. So we would get like That's little a good idea. Yeah. That stuff's so cheap. Yep, yeah, we get like yeah. little water pistols, yeah. and little racers, and okay. stickers. Look at you. Um, oh yeah, we had a hustle. But then some kid went to his parents and said that he got the wrong change, so we got banned. Oh, okay. Some kid we, ratted us out. We opened a gym in her in her uh, garage. You opened, <laughs> opened a gym? Were you a, were you a personal trainer? My dad had like a couple of dumbbells. He had one of those like wheels on a stick. Yeah. And like we, I don't know, we had some like old rugs. So we like threw them. And then so we were charging memberships. And um, did you make a sign or anything? I don't remember. I don't recall the sign, but I know that we had. Did you have a juice bar? (laughs) Um, But we had my neighbor, he was an older gentleman. He had like grandkids that were visiting from Florida. (laughs) And we charged him like, I don't know, like 10 bucks. Oh, 10 uh, bucks? no, we you didn't, didn't get like a month's membership. <laughs> at it. Well, we had to give it back oh, uh, right. because they went and told their parents, and uh, <laughs> and you know, and they came yeah. like, "What are you doing, taking money from?" Well, like, we opened a gym. Sorry, man. Yeah. They signed the contract. Hey, they, <laughs> they attended our spin class. That's great. Make sure you wipe down the equipment when you're done, please. It's spelled J I M. Casey's spin, Casey's spin class was just standing in place spinning. I mean, like, do you remember that the the the, the wheel on the stick? It thing? had two handles on the side. Yeah, on your knees. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good for it's your it's core. Yeah, yeah. 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 that and like a one dumbbell. <laughs> so work out your arms over here. And please replace the dumbbell. Oh yeah. my god. Uh, I'm gonna go to our buddy Ra. Ra's on the line. Hey Ra. Good morning. Moose meat. Moose meat? Okay. <laughs> Why don't you forget about the moose? Why don't you forget? For a moment. For a moment. All right, Rob. Why don't you forget the moose? For a moment. Yeah. Uh, what about was something from your childhood? We're talking about weird yes, things. And I grew up a little bit in California. We had this whole Jamaican family that my family was friends with, right? And whenever they would throw a party, there would be weed smoke involved, too. So they'd be barbecuing outside by the pool and whatnot. The weed smoke would be flowing. Me and my little six-year-old mind and whatnot just assumed that that was the briquette that they were using. So then when I would be like anywhere else until I was a teenager, 
I thought that every time I smelled weed, some Jamaican was barbecue. <laughs> <This is Jamaican, laughs> oh, there must be jerk chicken here. Oh, that's I great. Looks like they got that Jamaican barbecue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still, does it still trigger a memory in your mind today if you smell it? I just laughed because it was, you know, it was what they call Reggie. It wasn't that skunk weed stuff. It was what they call Reggie, like the, the regular weed smell. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it still kind of makes me think of those days. But the That's funny funny. thing is, you know, the lie that they tell you, my parents always told me to keep me out of the coffee, that if you drank coffee, it would stunt your growth. Mm-hmm. And my mom used to have those general food cans that have all the different flavors and whatnot. And I would sneak it and put it in, um, you know, shakes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I still, in my mind, wonder if that kept me from being as tall as I could have been. <laughs> oh, yeah. It gets imprinted in your mind. You buy that. So we were talking yesterday about this stuff that you you continue to believe because yeah. your parents will tell you this and scare the crap out of you. It's part yeah. of the deal. Right. No one's done that study on Discovery Channel yet. No, no. no. We're looking for it. All right. Thanks, Ra. Take care, right, man. Now. We'll see you, bud. Uh, I told you guys that uh, this is another one he used to do. Now, I, by this time, I was a teenager, uh, so it wasn't a little kid thing, but me and my buddy Ben would... You remember Banaka? The, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It was a it was a, a breath spray, mm-hmm. it, and it was a, you you would pump it once and it would shoot this highly uh, uh, concentrated blast from an aerosol, almost can. like wasp yeah. spray. Yeah, yeah. It would come out really yeah. really strong. We used to you do it was like we were snorting coke. You'd, you'd block up one nostril, hold it up to the other one, and kink right up your nose. Yeah, so what happened? Oh, it just pain, stung, right? Pain. Yeah. Eyes would water. And for some reason to us, this was hilarious. And we used to do that all the time. In sixth grade, we, uh, for a week or so in school, we sprayed it on our closed eyes, right? So it was like, all right, you know, I'm going to do five sprays. And you would close your eyes and you would spray it on your on your eyelids and then you'd open your eyes and burn your eyeballs out. Okay. Wait, do you remember licking uh, uh, the wrapper of Big Red and then sticking yes. it to your forehead? Yes, it would burn. Yes. Yeah, you would do I it. Don't it don't was a, no, you yeah. would. So I got sent to the principal's office because. So you, what you do is you quote unquote challenge somebody. Right. I bet you can't lick this and stick it on your forehead and keep it there for a minute. But it's a what, prank. What people don't realize is you're, they're gonna because it burns, but it doesn't burn so bad that you can't take it. You end up leaving like a giant red uh, rectangle mark on their foreheads. What causes that in the wrapper? The cinnamon sort of like, chemical cinnamon, reaction. Yeah. yeah, and then also I would I got. Is there still big red? Or they still sell it? That's a good question. I uh, I don't I I chew other gums. I, I want to try that. Yeah. Do you do you <laughs> on my arm? You can do it on your arm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let, we'll we'll go down the shows. I'm All sure right. they have it down there. I'm gonna get some other calls real quick. I'm gonna go to Laurie. Hey, Laurie, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, hey what? what? All right. So uh, weird thing you did as a kid. Um, this is the thing I did that I don't know how I survived as a child. Oh wow. Um, I convinced my babysitter when I was seven years old and my five-year-old sister was slightly in cahoots with us, that I jumped off the sun deck out back of my house all the time. Right. Um, so she let me do it. <laughs> and my sister thought putting a um, sleeping bag on the ground was going to, you know, break my fall. So, yeah, I jumped and I broke my foot. <laughs> how, how far up would you say it was? It was at least 10 to 12 feet. It was, Whoa! I, by the way, I lived in Delco, Casey. This is Springfield. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. We was just... the guy next door digging a hole? I mean, I told you, I'm part of the Jumpers Club, guys. Yeah. I know all about this. Yeah. You're an expert at this. We had like one of those doors out the back that went to nowhere. <clears throat> it was like the deck was there and it had no railing. So I jumped off that. So let me ask you, was that the last time Was it the last time they used that babysitter? <laughs> oh, yeah. My parents <laughs> never, ever called her again. 
Yeah, we would. We, we, thank you for your call. We would. We would jump off the uh, the roof of our garage uh, with a trash bag as a parachute. Oh yeah. Or, mm-hmm. or that has to break your fall. Uh, yeah, of and course, a, right? Mary yeah. Poppins did it. Same principle. Yeah. Um, it's aerodynamic. I don't know how we didn't break Dude, bones. Dave Fairman lived uh, on the block across the street from me, and he had a quarter pipe that was uh, like up against his garage. Yeah. And we used to climb, run up the quarter pipe onto his garage roof, and that was like a good hiding spot for us when we played. Uh, we were up on the roof all the time. But the thing about that particular roof is, when you played capture, when people came to get you, you had you had like literally four different areas to escape from, and we would jump off the roof to escape. And and it wasn't. I mean, it was probably ten, twelve feet. My, my yeah. friend did that. We, you know, we're in a development where all the houses were the same. But I guess it, uh, his house was a little less the same, and he jumped from the <laughs> second story onto the roof of his garage and went right through. <laughs> God, right oh. through. Uh, I'm going to read a couple more of these examples. We got to take a break, but some of these are really, really good of weird things that, yeah. kid, that they, you did as a kid, but for no explanation other than it, you just you were a kid. You're being you, a kid. You're being you an thought idiot. It was a thing to do. This person said I would hide chicken bones under my pillow. I did this for a short period once until I got caught, and they can't explain why no. they did it. Yeah, I'm uh, going to build a chicken. Here's another one. Uh, I established my own religion and prayed to my God every night for a year <laughs> as, as a kid. Wow. Another one says, I stuck a red marker in my nose, rubbed my nose until it was nice and wet, took out the marker, threw it in the trash, grabbed a tissue, blew my nose, and told the teacher that my nose was bleeding. (laughs) Went to a clinic and called my mom because I wanted to go home and go to McDonald's. (laughs) Uh, Here's another one that says that I would think about the relevance of something as small as a grain of sand or a carpet fiber and how nobody but me in the world was thinking about it. I think about that. Do you really? Yeah, I look at a leaf, uh, and if it's falling from the tree, uh, I think that I'm the first person to have ever touched that leaf and or looked at it. Okay. I saw it, too. And, and I'm 44. Hey, I saw it, too. <laughs> There's some guy standing there. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Did you ever go through a phase where, like, you get in school, you get in spray, you hear about, like, Gandhi, or you hear about, but, oh, and and you you try not to like step on bugs or kill anything. Sure, yeah. Like, like, uh, Jainism. I don't want to step on anything. There's a there's an entire religion oh, yeah, based so on, I know. on not killing any uh, living creature. And yeah. they, will, they will walk with brooms in front of them and sweep across. You and, know what? Mm-hmm. It's a losing proposition. It, it is. is. It is. You will kill something no matter what. And then this last one, I love this. I made a video of me taking a tour of my house as if I was on MTV Cribs, <laughs> and then put it on MySpace. <laughs> I got made fun of the day after. Yeah. I just thought, hey, why? Why not? Yeah. Worth doing. So, well, thank you for sharing your stories. I do appreciate it. Uh, my, my favorite is the, the toilet sound. What is it? Oh Mally, my... Mally, Mally, Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, well, did he, by the way, just before we, we, we break, did, was was he under the, um, the was... belief that if you were in another city like Des Moines, the toilet would say Des Moines? No, I don't know okay. about that. But listen, I mean, he was he was really young. He was like three or four years old. He was 18. Like that. Yeah, he was <laughs> They also share what their dad's farts sounded like, which was, yeah, that was apparently what their dad's farts sounded like. And Mally, Mally, Mally. Mally, 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 Philadelphia. Now, you'll also, like, I'll guarantee you this. If you're watching, like, a uh, a football game or a basketball game and, Uh like, the opposing player is either, you know, shooting a free throw or kicking a field goal, you can guarantee you that either me or and or my little brother at the point of release, we're saying because that was... It was like the curse that we would use when we supplied like two by three one in basketball. I learned of this when we got snowed in at Jack Frost. <laughs> yes, uh, at the Cardboard Classic, and I was with Casey in a room, <laughs> and he and 
we're watching the Sixers game, yeah. and sure enough, it was a free throw. Dude, you just you goes, called him. And I'm like, <laughs> what did you just say? And he, he explained the whole story, and then he called his brother to verify. Yeah, oh, just okay. so you didn't think I was making it up. No, no. And I, he I, said it right away. There, yeah. there, is, yeah. there is science behind it. And yes. he did miss the free throw, did he not? Yeah, so it worked. I don't remember that part of it. <laughs> it anyway. works half the time, all the time. All right, and there you go. We're going to take a quick break and come back in a second. When we return, we'll get Bizarre File Stories. We have a number of guests on the program today uh, to give away. You know what? In fact, uh, no, we don't have guests to give away. We have guests on the program, and we're going to be giving away a lot of stuff. Okay. Why not try something today? I am going to give away tickets to see Sebastian Maniscalco June 21st at the Borgata Hotel. And we'll take call number 16 at 215-263-WMMR. And you can get tickets via the Borgata.com for all 12 shows in June 2020. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us as we broadcast live in Mally, 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 Philadelphia this morning. (laughs) 93.3WMMR proudly supports the inaugural Market Street Run for Blue. Presented by Wawa, Sunday, October 27th. The event benefits the Philadelphia Police Foundation with a run through historic Old City to 30th Street Station and back for a post-run festival at Penn's Landing featuring food and beverages courtesy of Wawa. Awards for top finishers in multiple age groups and fun for the whole family. Click events at W. WMMR.com for all the details and to get signed up Sunday, October 27th. It's the Market Street Run for Blue. Presented by Wawa. 93.3 WMMR is putting Philly first. Let's do the uh, B-File. Here we go. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you this morning by Robbins Diamonds in tax-free Delaware with thousands of rings in self-serve cases and absolutely no sales tax versus the 8% tax in Philly. Robbins Delaware Diamonds. A Washington State man was charged with a felony assault after police say he attacked his roommate believing he acknowledged being a vampire. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you'd have to, right? Uh, Kitsap County the Court. dude said he was a vampire. Charged the 40-year-old man Monday after he was su- suspected of using a metal rod to nudge his roommate in the chest. Well, uh, he, he's screwing up. you got to use a wooden stake. Yeah, and you actually have to have to penetrate the heart. Yeah, you can't just nudge a vampire. Uh, oh, no, he's nudging me. The roommate <laughs> told deputies that the suspect accused him of being a vampire, threatened to kill him, and then struck him with the metal rod. The roommate says that he feared for his life because the suspect has severe mental health issues, and is physically larger. Huh. The suspect's brother told deputies, the roommate jokingly said, is this, what's a kid, is this what the kids are calling me these days? Uh, authorities say the suspect believed the roommate, acknowledging being a blood-sucking creature, so he nudged him with a metal pole. And, <laughs> How about uh, a purple nurple? The police were called. Isn't that yeah. he take care of vampires? Uh, yeah. I'll give you a wedgie. A New, New Jersey transit passenger suffered a leg injury when she inadvertently sat in sulfuric acid after boarding a bus on Sunday afternoon. How the hell did that happen? The 69-year-old New York woman got on the number 164 bus, sat down, and immediately felt a burning sensation on her leg. Uh, Police and the county hazmat team responded, clearing the passenger off the bus. Uh, The woman was treated and released from an area hospital. Another bus was dispatched to pick up the passengers who then continued on their trip. But no one uh, else was hurt than this woman. 
Uh, New Jersey Transit described the substance as a liquid, and authorities are investigating to determine exactly what the woman sat on and how it got there. They don't know. It sounds like someone put it there on purpose. It does sound like I mean, that. You don't, I was, oh, my, my bottle of sulfuric acid must have been leaking. Yeah. A sheriff's report states there is an investigation into why a front-end loader destroyed a warehouse full of furniture. David Fletcher let out a size. He was watching a video of a front-end loader crushing furniture in his warehouse store. <sighs> he said, why? No, not that kind of oh. size. <laughs> I love watching this. He said, uh, watching that video, you can't help but get a wet spot what? on what? your cheek. Oh. <laughs> I am so wet yeah. watching this furniture. Oh, I get destroyed. This guy's size. getting so wet in his pants. effing horny. He just loves having furniture destroyed. A wet I don't spot know what it cheek. is. What is that? I think he's crying. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's, he's getting, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a tear that Somebody runs from down here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then ends up on his cheek from his eye. Uh, I would say my eyes were watering, but he's an idiot. He said, you are looking at millions of dollars worth of furniture being destroyed. Fletcher said the heavy-duty vandalism valued at $2 million. Wow. And under investigation by the sheriff's office has destroyed his hopes of selling off the assets of his business. He said that he had a deal with a businesswoman to purchase the furniture in the months before the destruction. And now that deal is the subject of a lawsuit mm-hmm. filed by the buyer. He had rented the warehouse. Fletcher also sells furniture in bulk. Uh, at other locations, and earlier this year struck a deal with a buyer at woman in Christy Harris. I uh, said this person came to me, wanted to know if I wanted to sell, and I said yes, assets only, and we came up with a price of $2 million. They couldn't afford to come up with all of it at once, so I did $1 million down, and I financed the rest, giving them a lot of time to even pay the first payment. Fletcher said that after Harris paid the first million, she started using his business's name, Worldwide Liquidators. He told Harris that she didn't buy the business, but only the furniture, and then the deal got shaky. Down the road, he said there's a lot of confusion. Lawsuits and stuff started happening. But at the end of the day, she still owed me the million, and obviously she's not making payments. And the situation got worse when the property owner of the building notified Harris that he was evicting her, and she had until October 1st to move out uh, to move out the furniture for which she still owed almost a million dollars for after making her first monthly payment in July. Two days before the eviction decline, Fletcher said surveillance video showed a woman arriving at the store with the operator of a front-end loader and millions of dollars of furniture. Uh, the collateral for the million-dollar Fletcher said Harris Ozen was destroyed. So this is not like she did that. Yeah, maybe. it does. Yeah, as, as retribution. It's a really weird story, but went through this huge warehouse. I mean, just running over mm. loungers and sectionals and all kinds Prices of stuff. Prices have never been lower. Not anymore. <laughs> Uh, on to another story. An Alaska man rescued his family's dog from an attack by river otters made in a small lake at an Anchorage park. And, I mean, they nearly killed this dog. Let me tell you Ooh. something. Otters are cute, but they are miserable little bastards. Kenny Brewer waded waist-deep into uh, Taku Lake and suffered a bite on his hand while pulling the dog away from the river otters that converged on the pet. The 27-year-old and his wife, Kira, were walking the husky mix named Ruby which was bitten by a group of otters that dragged the dog underwater. Yeah, I hate to tell you this, Casey, but Emmett Otter was a wife beater. Oh, no. That's what he grew up to be? Yeah, yeah. A veterinarian performer performed a uh, mini-surgery to clean the dog's cut, slice Jeez. away damaged tissue, and stitch a drain tube into its leg. The couple that walked the dog through the park saw the otters swimming and climbing on a log. Uh, Brewer said the uh, they would slither off into the water and then just look very playful and non-imposing. After throwing a tennis ball into the water for the dog, the couple saw water splashing and thrashing. And the brewer said first it was just one or two on her, and then it seemed like three or more. 
and they started dragging her down, basically. You could tell. Eventually, there were like five or six of them on this dog. Otter pylon. They said you could tell that she was getting, uh, she was howling. She was uh, she was kind of uh, fighting back, but she was getting dragged under for two or three seconds oh, at a man. time. Uh, beavers have attacked dogs at Anchorage's University Lake, but wildlife biologists said that they were not aware of attacks by river otters before. There's beaver. Yeah, there are a number of animals that are ben- that you think are benign but can be really well, mean. Because they're so cool. cute. They're so cute. That's uh, how they get you. The otters probably perceive the dog as a threat, biologist Dave Battle said. In fact, he said they're cute. See? And they're doing all the er- their activities. They're very interesting to watch, but they are still a wild animal, and they can be dangerous, so just give them their space. So I'd never heard of a... Them attacking in a pack like that against no, a dog no. is pretty wild. And there you go. That's what I have in the Bizarre File for you uh, this morning. Uh, our first guests of the day are stopping by because the 33rd Annual AIDS Walk Philly is taking place this weekend. Yeah. 33. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's on Sunday, and we want to welcome our good friends Carrie Bender and Rob Riker to Yay! the program. Who make their yearly visit to tell us all about it. Good to see you guys. Welcome. We appreciate your loyal support every year. Anytime, of course. And Pierre Robert leading the charge. I mean, he's been on board since year number one. I think he's already sleeping there at the site, making sure he's there on time. (laughs) Well, he has to get up super early for us. We know that's not Pierre's favorite thing. (laughs) Not exactly. No. He's a loyal supporter. As you said, he's emceed every single one of our 33 walks. That's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, so 33 years in and... Do you guys try to make it, uh, do you try to do new things every year or after this many years, it's, it is what it is and you just keep the, keep the, the message going? Yeah, well, you know, we have a lot of traditions with the AIDS Walk, so we want to make sure we keep those traditions. Uh, people look forward to seeing the AIDS Memorial Quilt every year. Yeah. You know, we have our AIDS, uh, we do a reading of names in the morning to remember those we've lost. Um, and, you know, but we also make it a fun event and a family event where people can come out, have a good time, be with people who also care about this epidemic and, and want to get to zero, zero new infections, zero deaths and zero stigma. Yeah, there's been a lot of great um, uh, momentum and a lot of great things achieved. And, and, but there's still obviously thing, uh, people with the disease and, and, and more work that can be done. The whole presentation, though, is a positive. So everyone who goes always has a, has a good time. You're going to have good weather. We hope so. Yeah, it looks that way. Call it for rain later in the day. Yeah. I think you're going to be okay. Yeah, you'll be so. fine. See yeah. the benefit of getting up early. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why right. Pierre demanded you make it very early. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, so so in the music along the way and all that stuff yeah, as well. Absolutely. And So where's the course and let people who are unfamiliar with the whole basic sure. uh, information? We start at the Steps of the Art Museum, and we go up Martin Luther King Drive. It's a 5K walk. Um you know, you get to see the Schuylkill River and the beautiful fall foliage yeah. and the boathouse row. Um, and again, spend a day with a bunch of people who who care about this issue and want to end the epidemic. And then you come back at the end and the fabulous Dukes of Destiny are playing as you arrive. We love them and they're, they've played every year also. You're right. It's a great morning. It's, it's fun. It's a beautiful day. But it's also an excuse to have a conversation. Right. This is an illness... <clears throat> The epidemic can be prevented if you have a conversation with a partner, if you use safe needles, if you, you know, there's lots of ways to prevent the spread of HIV. And this is an excuse. Come out, walk with someone, talk with someone, talk with a family member or partner and be honest, get tested, get the information. There's community partners out there with information about their work in the community and be a part of this community where 26,000 people are affected by HIV. I find more people are incited to do stuff if they feel that there's more 
a little bit more positivity about it, to know that things there, that there are these advances that are making it more viable. And, and so, listen, there, there's no reason to not take these precautions. And so if you use this walk as a starting point, then that's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. You know, today we can, um, people who are at high risk can take one pill a day and greatly virtually eliminate their chances of contracting the virus. I remember you when we heard Magic Johnson, you know, yeah. years ago, I, we thought, well, that's it. He's out. Right. And here we are. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, and free HIV tests available? HIV testing will be available um, on site that day. And it's a quick little finger prick and you get results in 10 minutes. Wow. How many uh, how many participants are you hoping to, uh, to see this year? Um, we're expecting thousands of our friends, family, and neighbors to be out. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a lot of uh, high school and college students who come out, which is really important to us because a quarter of the new infections are among people under the age of 24. Wow. I didn't know that. AidsWalkPhilly.org is uh, how you register and get the information as well. Can you do on-site registration when you show up On-site, absolutely. People can walk up that day and show up and uh, walk and participate, make a contribution. And they can go to our website at AidsWalkPhilly.org. And what what time should you get there? Bright and early. When's the stretching? What's bright and early? So (laughs) the the registration starts at 7. Our our speaking program starts at 8. And the walk kicks off at 8.30. Okay. So if you raise $50, you get a T-shirt. The crew here, they're they're outfitted with their A's Walk Philly T-shirts. And if you raise more, there's jackets, there's bandanas, there's lots of swag. But really, it's about... Raising funds and making a difference for HIV in our community. Carrie, what time do you tell Pierre to get there? <laughs> I, t- I ask the Pierre get there at 7.30. Because I worked for Pierre for three years, and you had to give him at least uh, uh, an hour to half hour lie and say to show up. Like, <laughs> yep. If you wanted him there at 6.30, you say, yeah, yeah I'll be there at 5.30. But you know what? This is really important Pierre, to Pierre, so he is always there when we're ready for it. When, oh, when oh, really? he's needed to be there. Right, he that's is good to know. It's funny. There, because a lot of people don't know the Pierre show actually starts at 10 here. Yeah. <laughs> now, we do the first 45 minutes. Yep, that's what we do. (laughs) Exactly. All right, well, listen, uh, we'll we'll have the word. We've got it up on uh, PrestonSteve.com. It is very simple. It's it's walkphilly.org to get all the information. It's a great event. It's going to be a beautiful day. And uh, come be a part of this, especially if you've never done it before. Come out and make this a tradition. We're always looking for new activists to get involved with us. Cool. All right. Excellent. Rob, Carrie, great to see you guys. Thanks, y'all. Good luck with everything. The AIDS walk in Philadelphia. We're going to break. We'll be back in a second. And uh, we have uh, Brendan Schaub is going to be here in our studio. Be at uh, Helium Comedy Club. Stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. There are some really bizarre text messages coming over this morning. <laughs> yeah, like what? This one says, Nick, you should go to Chick-fil-A for breakfast and put grape jelly on everything. It's so good. Well, thank you. Okay. Yeah. And then another one that just says, one happy stiletto, one happy finger. What the hell does that mean? Uh, I don't okay. know. But we'll right. have to explore it. <clears throat> People are drinking this morning <laughs> on the way to work. Well, that's wonderful. Well, keep it coming. Uh, you have a party to go to this weekend, and it's going to be at Helium Comedy Club tonight and Saturday. Uh, he'll be appearing 7.30 and 10 p.m. for the shows. It's Brendan Schaub who's yeah! here. 
How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I was the guy who sent in that text. Oh, you were? About Chick-fil-A and grape jelly. Yeah. Yeah. You were nodding your head, yeah. That's yeah. my favorite. You're just trying to spread the word. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Listen, you got to you gotta eat what you like, so there you go. That's what you guys are about the Philly cheesesteaks, and I like Chick-fil-A, okay? <laughs> we like Chick-fil-A, too. So. Uh, it's good to have you here. We were saying off air that we've had uh, a lot of the collective that you're with. You, you obviously did the Fighter and the Kid podcast with uh, Brian Callen and Joe Rogan. And uh, are you, is Frank Grillo one of your, your pals as well? Or uh, Yeah, Frank Grillo is a buddy of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, kind of the whole squad. Segura, Kreischer, Ari Shafir. All uh, those guys. Joey Diaz. Yeah, the whole kind yeah. of rap pack. Are you doing Sober October? I'm not because I, I work out every day anyway, yeah. and uh, I'm not that big of a drinker. I'll, you know what? My my openers are beg the differ. I uh, <laughs> since I started doing stand up, I drink a lot of whiskey. The point is, I don't need to do it. Okay, okay. I don't have a problem. Man. <laughs> Get off his problem. back. Well, I was, <laughs> what are you saying? I was a little bit concerned because I mean, if you are a heavy drinker, and I don't know how much of it is an act or, or whatever, but you know, like Bert, like if you. Go cold turkey. That can be dangerous. Oh no, Bert has a problem. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's why they originally started sober October is to get Bert to clean his act up. Yeah. But Bert, what's great about Bert? We live close to each other. I was working out with him two months ago. Like he he's been ready to go. He's been trying to do this thing. Okay. Yeah. What is that? Because Bert is amazing. Because here's a guy that visually indicates on the verge of death, and yet he he goes and runs these marathons. He's done this Ironman stuff. He uh, he has whatever that the genetics Mickey are. Mantle, Jeannie Mickey Mantle, Genie. Yeah, that's what he, he keeps calling it. it. That's yeah. what he calls it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. You know that bike ride he did this summer from Philly to Atlantic City? Yeah, that was with me. Oh, really? Yeah, and and he did it. I but mean, he, he did a show and stayed up and party for a little while, and then, and got then up did the ride and, and did a did the ride. ride. You know, it's you know almost a seventy mile bike ride. And how long did it take him though? You never he never tells you the time, does he? <laughs> this he time, never well, tells you the that's time. That's true. He here's, never here's, tells the time. Here's what I'll tell you: I finished before him. Uh, then and but you hadn't done a show all night, and I hadn't done a show all night. Yeah. But it was also the the it was the hardest ride I've ever done, and I've done it like the last five or six years or whatever. And it's the hardest one. It was hot. The wind at the end was terrible. And how long did it take you? Uh, about five and a half hours. That's which a is, while. Are you? Yeah. Were you guys in the bike gear? Were you in the? You, ha- the, you have to. Oh no! No, you don't. No, <laughs> you don't. You're not Lance Armstrong. Why are you dressed like that? There's nothing worse. I agree. Than, I agree. You I guys think... have like sponsors on your back. Well, yeah. Chick Fil A's like on the front of your shirt. <laughs> the sponsors pay for the jerseys. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, that like, I, I had a team of a hundred people. I don't want to ask them to pay for their jerseys, so... Oh, you had a whole squad. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. the Lance Armstrong. It's really I was charity the Lance thing. Armstrong, oh, and you're yeah. raising money for charity and yeah. stuff like that. Now, here's the deal. I don't like the spandex shorts, so I wear, like, uh, mountain biker shorts, which kind of just look like regular shorts. Like but, John Stockton shorts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit like Yeah, I know. That. I prefer those, man. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me add... I, I want you to be honest here. Are we okay. on PEDs? No. No? Oh. No. Oh, it's cycling, bro. Yeah. No. You have to cycle to cycle? Yeah. Well, yeah. Every you 20 needles. miles, I had a blood transfusion. Yeah, Does he, that count? Yeah. Okay. That's what All I'm right. talking about. Yeah. That's what I was expecting out of you. Well, I was doing the research on you and your, uh, obviously, even though you're, you know, uh, a fighter and and, uh, and have that history. But going back, you, um, so you played lacrosse, you played football. Uh, you you um, you entered, you got into the NFL and the practice team for the Bills, right? Yeah, so... Uh, well, Explain the whole thing, because it's kind of wild. You just, you just like, kind of kept at it. Uh, kind of. So I was playing uh, football at University of Colorado. I was four years there. 
And then I got an invite from a few teams of training camps. I figured Buffalo Bills were, were my best shot because at the time they really sucked. <laughs> right. And then I, I went there, and I was there for about two or three weeks, and they're like, we're all set on slow white guys. Thank you for your time. <laughs> oh. That's the, yeah. And she goes, you- oh, that's the way it works there, you know? <laughs> like, so, I didn't uh, make the Bills. Not even practice squad. Like, they didn't hold on to you for It's a, a tough while. gig. It's all a right. tough gig. What position? I, uh, tight end, H-back. Okay. And I told my dad, you know, he doesn't really know how – Cutthroat the NFL. Now, he's he's an athlete. He's like a, he's a taekwondo. Taekwondo, but never played football. Okay. And he doesn't realize how like when <laughs> to him get an invite to training camp Buffalo Bills means you've made it. Right. So I told him, like, Dad, I'm I'm Rudy. I'm basically Rudy of the Buffalo Bills. Don't get all crazy. Don't buy right. jerseys. He's like, Don't worry, I got it. So I get cut. I fly directly back to Denver, and I I promise when I walk in, I get to the house. The taxi drives me off. He has a Buffalo Bills flag outside. The house. <laughs> It's got to be uh, Proud uncomfortable. Uh, dark, so, so, dark days, guys. Dark days. But then you do indoor arena football, right? The, from, from there went to, uh, yeah, geez, these are old school memories. From yeah. there I went to uh, Utah. It was the Utah Blaze Arena football. And I was, I was in camp there. And they, they wanted me, I don't know why it's so funny. They wanted me to get to 300 pounds. No. What? Yeah. What? I remember they tell, tell me how much bigger I need to get. I'm like, I don't feel like doing this. Who's and telling the, you? Like the coach and the, the coach, GM? They're like, we need you. We can't say get fatter, but we need you. Get a little thick for us. Wow. And so um, I just remember, like, how much am I getting paid? And it wasn't a lot, so I, I just quit and then drove back to Denver. And then, uh, yeah. Wait, so were you... 300 pounds for indoor, for arena football? Yeah, man. <laughs> Be- before before you said no, did you start to consider how one might go about <laughs> gaining that much weight and reaching 300 pounds? And it, whether or not it would be worth it? Yeah, part of me was like, oh, that could be really cool. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, great jelly. Great jelly. <laughs> ton of Cinnabons. Ton of Cinnabons. Well, the reason I, I ask is because you, then you go back and you start you start doing a Brazilian jiu-jitsu and boxing. Yes, sir. And within six months, you've won uh, a tournament, a yes. local tournament. Golden Gloves boxing right. tournament. Yeah. And then, you, wow. then you're, you're off and running, and, and you keep doing that. That's a quick turnaround. You took to it immediately. Then, like, by so obviously you, you start to do the podcast with uh, uh, Brian Kalen mm-hmm. and, and uh, the fighter and the kid. You start to – you've always loved stand-up comedy. Yes, sir. So you basically enter stand-up comedy 2014? Uh, yeah, that's fair. I started doing live shows with Brian Callen 2014. And um, then in 2019, May of 20, this, uh, 2019, you, you had your first Showtime special. That, yeah. That's a, I mean – you you when you ad- adapt something or go for something, you go whole hog. I mean that to, to do that that quickly is pretty wild. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is, and I, I don't know if I'd recommend it for anybody. <laughs> I, uh, it's just yeah, it, it's kind of a theme of of my life, I guess. I, Does that blow you away that you had that kind of quick turnaround? Twice in your life, I haven't stopped and uh, thought about it. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm the worst at smelling the roses. I just there's so much work to do and stand up so dang tough. Yeah, I'm on the road so much, and then when I'm in LA, I'm doing spots all over. So I don't I don't I don't think about it. I just think about getting better. And um, do you think because you were such a fan, you immediately had the proper reverence and appreciation for it? Because you had Joe Rogan and you had you know Brian as 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 mentors and people that you you see putting in the work. Because you had good teachers, right? Yeah, and uh, so when I was a when I was a kid, my my heroes were all stand up comics, Saturday Night Live, and that that's why I wanted to do. But I was gifted athletically, and there's right. no path. So you know, I, I I have this story in my special, but my dad was basically like, "Hey, quit acting like a you know a, a jackass." <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and 
here's a football, do that. Right. And so um, it was always a dream of mine. And then when I met Brian Callen, probably three weeks into knowing Brian, he goes, you know you're going to do stand-up, right? I'm like, you're crazy. I'm too old, man. He goes, I'm telling you to do stand-up. Been around a long time. You're born for stand-up. And then, um, yeah, somehow we, we started doing the live fire and the kids. And then we did one at the comedy store. And probably three weeks after that, I get a call from the comedy store there. Hey, would you like to do a set in the belly room? Wow. And I go, oh, let me call and check with Brian if he's available. They're like, no, you dummy. <laughs> you. I'm like, me? Yeah. Like, yeah. So Whoa. my first set was at the belly room in the, in the comedy store. I'll tell you, because I, so I was, you know, I follow you guys, and, and uh, I would see the videos of you uh, with, uh, with Brian, you know. Uh, very funny stuff that you guys are doing yeah. on Instagram and, and so on and so forth. I was thinking, this guy's this guy's an athlete, but he seems he seems pretty funny, you know. Like and and um, and then it was in short order. And honestly, watching watching your you know the, the special and everything, and watching your stuff, it's like yeah, you you do. You're a storyteller, and yes, you, you have and, and that's what comes across, and you have a whole unique set of things. Uh, you know, but you you are a natural at it. Oh, so, I appreciate. Yeah, that. and and how uh, so. As you're as you're off and running, do you remember the first time you yourself on stage said, "Holy crap, this could be my career"? Um, man, um, God, if you're, these are if great you're not, questions. If you're usually, not a usually the radar I do is terrible, so you guys caught me off guard. I gotta be honest, you guys are really, really good. Um, yeah, I to be to be honest, and this isn't a cocky thing. I just I've always wanted to do it so bad. I felt like I could do it. Yeah. So when me and Brian the first time I ever touched a stage was in uh, Brea, California, in front of whatever, 400, 500 people sold out, and Brian just shoved me up there like an open mic. And, oh, I, wow. I, and I remember it went decent, especially for a guy doing it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. So, wow. I, listen, uh, did your... Your abilities, uh, athletically wise, does that give you confidence on stage, especially early on? Like, you know, because it just seems like, I mean, listen, if you played football at the University of Colorado, you had to have been damn good leading up to that. And then even just to get an invite to the Buffalo Bills. So, like, you kind of had to have been like big man on campus for a long time of your life. No, not really. I always had a chip on my shoulder. Always had a chip on my shoulder. Yeah, I was always the kid who... Was good, but I wasn't, you know, Tom Brady. I was always like the, uh, he's good, but yeah. I was never the superstar. So yeah. it, it was a good thing. I, it, I always had a chip on my shoulder. Mm. And even in, in comedy, it's kind of, it, it's a it's a curse to, to be the big guy. You know, the, most people think comics come from a, you know, a dark background. My parents love the heck out of me. So yeah. I, I, yeah. And I don't have drug issues. So, <laughs> yeah. like, there's a You, you know, don't have the tools. <laughs> I know. That's what there's, you know, it comes from darkness. But I don't. My parents love me. I just yeah. love stand-up comedy. But but to me, I'm I'm real self-conscious of the way I look, my tattoos, my ears. So right. I, to, my comedy self-deprecating. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the only way to go about it. I, I think about uh, the career trajectory of a professional athlete a lot because it, even if you're really good at it, even if you're the best in the world at it, maybe you get three or four years, you know, in the NFL. I was career three and a half years. Exactly. So. Um, did you, when encountering guys like at the Bills or where, even in the indoor league, did you encounter guys that just were just trying to do it for a paycheck because they had no other uh, career to fall back on? Yeah, and a lot of guys aren't even thinking about it because that guy who probably made the team over me, that all he's consumed with football. Right. Or in the UFC, when I was fighting in the UFC, those guys are consumed on being the best. I wasn't consumed at being the best. I wasn't yeah. consumed making the Buffalo Bills. That to me, I I never just identified myself as just a football player, just a fighter. I was, I remember uh, my last fight b- before um, I was in the locker room walking out. I looked at my coach. I'm like, "This is it, man. I'm I'm done." No like when I went, "This is the last one." I just I knew I had 
other stuff to do. I just how nerve wracking is that? But right before a fight, the worst. Yeah. Okay. The worst. I, like worse than getting up on stage as a. Oh, as a not con- not even comparable. Because wow. for me, it wasn't natural. I'm not an aggressive person. I'm not a natural born fighter. I was in a bully in school. I, I got bullied. I, it just wasn't. So this dude, that I was always the funny guy you in did, school. You so. did well though. I mean, you did well I, as a fighter. Yeah, I was ranked in the top ten for a yeah. little bit. But, but that guy wants to kill you. The guy that you're about to go meet in the in, in the ring is he wants to like do physical damage. And he, he's he's paying. He, you know, he has to pay for his family's food. That's uh-huh. why he's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. For me, it was an athletic competition. Yeah. So in practice, my coaches would always say, "You have to get meaner, man. You have to get meaner. You got to put this guy away." I'm like. It, it's not that big of a deal. That's not what I do. <laughs> yeah, I just, just want to get in and get out. Yeah. I, just, I don't want to hurt anybody. Well, you, that, make, you, you, make wow. the, you, you say like Tom Brady, you know, and it's funny because in anything like this, you know, Tom Brady represents the micro percentage of people who yes, really sir. get. And then there are tons of people at the level you're describing yes, yeah. who, who've got to dis- make decisions like life changing decisions and don't have options. Yeah. But you're right. Like if you're if you're a fighter and you don't have that this is all or nothing and you're like I think there might be other things as Casey's point is that could surface a detriment when you're because it's it's a Preston's point out Preston does martial arts and you know the the, the it, it's a chess game, you know, when you're and that and that's that that's honestly, you know, thank God I have friends like Joe Rogan and Brian Callen. They knew I was one foot in, one foot out. I was doing the comedy stuff with Brian and you know and and coming up with uh, merch and, and drawing right. and, 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 uh, and doing live shows. And so I was one foot one foot out, and Rogan was like, you're going to get hurt, man. He, were, were they encouraging, encouraging you to get out of the? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. The, both of them went, you can do other stuff. You can do this. Yeah. Please go this direction. Are yeah. you a, a fan of the MMA? Yeah, or did yeah. you um Did you happen to see this Nico Price knockout? Uh, the, the heel kick. Yeah, the up kick. Preston, this guy was on the verge of losing. I mean, he was on the ground getting pummeled. It was a good fight. It was yeah, a really, yeah. but I mean, I that thought. That up kick's brutal, yeah. And so the dude's on top of him, punching him, uh, you know, elbows and all that sort of stuff. And for some reason, the guy stands up. And then uh, the dude that was getting pummeled just heel kicked this dude in the face, and he went like down like a ton of bricks. Yeah, I I, I still follow it. I follow a lot of it, and I, yeah. you know I, I talk about it on my show. But um, I, I think from going through it, I don't view it the same way as everybody else. I know what those guys feel like after the fight when a guy loses. I just feel so sorry for yeah. him. Yeah, how, how I just even though how he sore, was, yeah. how sore are you? Oh. So, so I mean, we we know what oh. we believe it to be. But how sore man, uh, are you after a fight, and how long does it last? Yeah, because your adrenaline's going, your adrenaline's going, so yeah, you yeah. don't feel anything. And then you get to the locker room, especially if you've won, you're still kind of on the high. Yeah. Even if you lost, your adrenaline's still kind of going. And then probably like 2, 3 in the morning, you're laying in bed, and it's just like, Yeah. Oh, and man. I'm <clears> telling <throat> you, there's nothing like it. You're sitting oh. in bed shaking. Uh-huh. You might be concussed. Oh, it's the yeah. worst job in the world. Remember, <laughs> the worst, the worst job, job in the world. world. We've Fighting had, grown men in a steel cage and underwear is the worst <laughs> job <laughs> in the world, ladies and gentlemen. I have no doubt. Eddie Alvarez no lives locally, and, and we've yeah. had Eddie in shortly after fights, uh, yeah. losing fights, and you see what really Eddie's a legend. Eddie, he is. I, I love Eddie. Eddie's a buddy of mine. Eddie is a he's a legend. He's the underground king. Eddie was born to be a fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what Eddie should do. But, he's even, a great he, but even he is the first one to say, hey, do you know, you got sons. And he goes, no, 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 no. Uh-uh, no way. Oh, as far not... as his kids fighting? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Does yeah. Not want you were like, do they, they show any abilities? I'm never, ever nope. going to have Listen, them get in I, this Listen, I got a three-year-old. I got another kid on the way in November, another boy. They're not touching that cage. There's, yeah. That's not for them. Yeah. Listen, kids that, that, that grow up with their dads being successful don't fight 
in a steel cage. You know, it's, <laughs> what imagery always yeah. comes to my mind is the, the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. You know, the, at the some gym somewhere. So you know, not that this is the same thing, but you always you always think in those terms. If if you can't. Because, you know, what if you don't have enough to excel all the way, but you, yet you incur all the physical damage? Mm. Oh, that, that's 99% of yeah. the people. Yeah, they're, they're going to be working at a UFC gym teaching cardio kickboxing. Right, it's, right, it's, right. A, it's, a, it's a tough, that, a lot of people's movie ends that way. It's a, it's a tough gig, man. Yeah. It's a tough gig. So what about this? So you've taken on that, and, and you're, you're excelling in, uh, you know, the world of podcasting and comedy. Acting seems like it might be a natural transition. I, I, I've had I've had offers, and I did one movie. I did a David Ayer's movie with Shia LaBeouf, and it should I think it comes out I don't know early next year called Zax Collector. And you did what, Range Thirteen was that Range a- Thirteen. That's where a buddy is me and Brian together just playing each other. Okay, as, as uh, like uh, Marines or something like that. But that was just a favorite for somebody. Right. So Frank Grillo's not calling you over to China to shoot any of uh, of his <laughs> films or anything like that. I don't know, man, but. I, I've I've had offers to do movies and stuff, but uh, stand up's my passion, and stand up so hard. Yeah, and uh, I finally, you know, I'm good. This is this is what I should be doing. So I don't want to deviate from the plan. No, I, I think plan. that's probably the mindset that that gets you get you you know that gets you results quickly because yeah. you you're you're committed to it. But at a certain point, it's it's likely to happen because you you do have the physicality to do what you need to do in an action movie and things like that. You you look at uh, you know uh, you look at. Uh, like, I mean, when in in a, in, a, in a Hollywood where Dwayne Johnson is the highest earning, <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know, uh, actor, this stuff can happen. So, yeah, I, I, do you have I, a long a long game, or you're right now just locked. Uh, even my long game, you know, is, is uh, just putting out the best specials I can do, and just, right. just you know, growing to to arenas as far as a stand up comic. That's the goal, and uh, not with acting. I I don't know, like. You know the one thing about comedy, it's it's on you, and I love that pressure, and it's you building your own business. And yeah, you know, I, I just I love everything about it. Um, yeah, acting's too slow, too boring for me. It was like a buddy comedy movie, I'd do it, but if they want me to play like a bad guy in True Lies too. I'll probably pass. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, with the with the years you've you've been in comedy now, it's not nearly as many as Rogan and, and Callan no. and those guys and so on. So they've they've had to. You know, they've had to go and, and battle it out in the open mics sure. and, and do this stuff and deal with lousy audiences and, me, yeah. and all that. Yeah, all the, you know, uh, 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 hecklers and stuff like that. Are you learning how to do that on your own? Are they kind of helping you out with that? Have you watched and learned? I don't, you know, those guys, they, they don't help me out a ton. You know, they they want you to learn by, you yeah. know, just by, by doing it. But um, smart. I think they respect me because... When when they were you know four years into it you know those guys wouldn't be at the comedy store they wouldn't be headlining you know the Helium or selling out the Wilbur or Gramercy Theater so I, I think I earned the respect for them and then you know Rogan opened for me during my special Rogan opened for me at the Wilbur Brian's opened for me I we mean got Rogan, Mark Norman Rogan, opened yeah. for me so that's Rogan awesome. and 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 Callen are are state of the art you know mm-hmm. I mean Rogan's last special was so. So surgically great. Oh, I, I you oh. know, just, just, you know, it, it's like when you watch like Ch- Ch- Chappelle's special, or, or it, it, you know, the people just make it look so effortless, uh, you know, but are just, just knocking it out yep. of the park. My, so a lot of those, you know, all, all comics, you know, a lot of open mics, and then they get from there and they get passed by a club. You know, my open mic was was in front of you know seven hundred, nine hundred people <laughs> trying to figure out that. So that's insane. Hey, people are like, well, you weren't doing open mics like the rest of us. I wasn't, but my man, I was in a high pressure situation yeah. over and over and over. The difference between me four or five years in and these other comics is you got to realize how much stage time I get. 
That's yeah. the blessing for me. I'm doing hours and hours and hours every week. The 10,000-hour rule, I passed a long time ago. I'm doing hours and hours and hours. Well, I think to your benefit, when you get vetted by Joe Rogan and these people, you're, you've you got the, the – because I'm sure if you were – if you didn't have those guys in your camp, you would probably have caught a lot more crap for oh this guy this this fighter thinks he can for be one hundred percent one hundred percent. And then but then but then also once you got up on stage, you had to bring something, and you do. So. Yeah, don't get me wrong, Brian and uh, Joe and Kreischer and Joey Diaz and Segura and all those guys are my buddies, but yeah. they they and Chris D'Elia, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't co-sign me or they wouldn't push me if I was yeah. a bad comic. Yeah, Believe that because it Joe, reflects on Joe's them. nice, but he's not that nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. All right, now you're married, right? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, does your wife think you're funny? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think she hates me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty we, we funny. We all think that from uh, time yeah. to time. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get the eye roll. Do you get the eye rolls from your from I your get wife? the eye rolls. In my, my new bit, I talk about being, because my, my wife is Mexican. I talk about being married to a Mexican. I go pretty hard at Mexicans. I have to do it in front of my in-laws. They loved it. They loved it. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you test in front of them? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. So so when you do, when you do you write with, uh, who do you, do you write all by yourself? Do you write with other? I write yeah. by myself, and then once a week, my my feature, my opener, Asana Mata and Derek Poston, who are were door guys at the comedy store. That's why I met them. Um, we get together and we brainstorm ideas, and we're always on the road together. And um, the one thing that I learned, you know, from Rogan and and from Delia's, bring good comics with you on the road. Because when I first was going out, I was it was just me, and my brother, my brother's my tour manager, and we just roll the dice. Hope one of the local comics is good, and we've had some. Rough goes, man. Uh, no yeah. doubt. No you have doubt. some rough goes. Really you know, rough goes. You, you mentioned Chris D'Elia, and uh, he's another, another case. Like I, when he first, you know, I was like, oh, this is guy good. And I'm, you know, I didn't know what to make of him. And and then it, you, you let some, you know, you, you have to experience people a couple of times to really get the yeah. deal. So, <laughs> I'll say this. I know you believe this case. Some of the funniest stuff is his ongoing back and forth with Brian Callen. Oh, the those, two, those two together. is just effing hilarious. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and you talk, I mean, you talk about the best comics in the world. Yeah. Um, and I'm consumed by that all the time. I'm saturated in, the, in, in with those guys. So uh, so do you, do you also like, I know you, you, you called the, um, you were, I guess for Showtime, you were doing the call for the McGregor. Um, yeah, I was the, the MMA uh, analyst for the Conor McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight. Do you like doing that as well? Uh, not really. I gotta be honest. Showtime's gonna hate to hear this. I, I, I just signed a new two-year deal with them. But no, not really. I, uh, I don't enjoy it. <laughs> Doesn't Why mean not? you're not good at it. I know, but just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, it's I, it's it's too serious for me. I'm a yeah. silly guy. Uh, That's okay. so serious to me, yeah. and I can break it down, and I know people like when I break it down. I'm just, I'm just not interested, man. Do the producers tell you to, like, not be funny? Like, do you crack jokes? Or I, I crack tried? jokes, and uh, yeah, I crack jokes. Or if it's a bad fight, I'll say how bad the fight is. But <laughs> that's that's why they hire, they know what they're getting okay. into. But it's All a two right. year deal. It's a new two year deal. So yes, you sir. can kind of do whatever you want for the next year and a half, and see what uh, you know happens six months before the end of that deal. Yeah, that's true. Knows, maybe we'll see how far I can push it. <laughs> yeah. we'll see how far I can push Just it. keep pushing it, and perhaps it turns into something you want to do, and instead of that, something that, that they want great. you to do. Well, here's the thing about uh, Showtime: is they don't. At first, they, it was it was fight heavy, but now, yeah, they, they, it's kind of a developmental deal. So they, mm-hmm. they let me do basically what I want to do. Yeah, well, yeah, they gave you your own special. They have to believe in you. Yeah. yeah. Sir. If yeah. you're just tuning in, it's Brendan Schaub. He's going to be at uh, Helium tonight and uh, tomorrow. You've been in Philly before, right? I've been in Philly before. Yeah. I've been in Philly before as the Trocadero, which is no longer there, which is such a shame. I know well, it's, it's still there. It's, it's still there. Closed. They haven't torn it down or anything. <laughs> it's just closed, and they're hoping someday 
but somebody will pick it up. It was a great theater. Yeah. It was, yeah, was a great venue, man. Yeah. Great venue. What, what do you what do you get from the the Philly crowd, the audience? Now you've done a lot of towns. You've been all over the country, been all and, over. and they they can kind of blend together. But what what do you what's your takeaway from Philly? Uh, you know, Philly. I think you know a lot of. B- b- before I came out of the first time, people were like, it's a little bit of a rough crowd. And <laughs> everybody referenced the Bill Burr, right? The famous Bill Burr, yeah, yeah. Uh, where he was talking about the Rocky statue and Joe Frazier. <laughs> I don't, I, to me, like here, everyone lets loose, man. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it's not a knock on Pittsburgh. I was in Pittsburgh two weeks ago. The, the crowds are different. Yeah. Crowd, P- Pittsburgh's a little more, you know, they're just a little, a little more stiff. Philly, to me, great crowds, man. I'll, yeah, t- I I'll tell you this. It, I think it's, again, with so much of the unfairly, you know, put upon Phillies these 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 this reputation, but this is a big comedy city. You know, Huge and comedians city. Yes, love sir. to perform here. They love you know, it a lot. Of, a lot of, and you can tell by how many comedians choose to do specials here. Agree. That's you know you you, you don't want to blow you know your your special on a on a on a an unresponsive city. Yeah, and I I think you guys get a bad rap. It was also weird. Yesterday I was uh, looking for uh, a Philly cheesesteak, and I, I had my phone out looking for directions, and this guy goes, oh, do you need help with directions? In L.A., man, that's usually a drug deal. You know what? <laughs> so I was like, what's wrong with you, man? He goes, uh, get out of here. <laughs> Beat it, man. For real. It's that way. I had some friends who had never been here before. They were in town visiting. We went around the city, and, you know, they have this impression of what to expect from Philadelphia, a little bit on the rude side and so on. People coming up left and right could tell that I was kind of showing them around and offering up info there about you go. stuff around town. I'm like, everyone's offering me help. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. think they want stuff from me. Do you want <laughs> drugs? Yeah. I'm like, what do you need? Money? Get out of here, man. That's the LA only, life for you, though. The only thing we want to do is recommend our favorite restaurant yeah. to you. Oh, yeah. what is it? Uh, well, there's like whatever neighborhood What's your favorite? you're in. You're all Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh, Ask for the jelly. Yeah. <laughs> is there but, a type of cuisine that you prefer over any other? Uh, I mean, listen, I, I, I've been on the strict, like, uh, keto diet because Ugh. I was just getting way too thick. And, um, so, but I'm, I'm, I'm off the diet in Philly because I'm, I'm trying all these Philly cheesesteaks. Yep. So that last night I went to Gino's and, uh. You know, like, I, I don't even, like, when I do, I, I do the chicken cheesesteak because I'm not, you know, and, and there, there are variations and there, you know, there's all, this is the thing here that everyone thinks that there is a constant war raging, but they no, Every, people died last night. <laughs> Gino's and Pat's. There's a whole a kind of battle, gang thing. Yeah. yeah, they have gang signs on and stuff. If you want to go, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, there's everyone has their different preferences here. I mean, so even here. Pat's and Gino's, I'm sure that they love each other because they, you know. Rising Tigers. They're next all, door yeah. to they're each right other. Right next door to each Gino's other. Gino's looks like a Vegas strip club. Yeah. It's like has all these neon signs. Yeah. Well, so like Pat's will get business if Gino's line's too long and vice versa. You know what I did? Check this out. I didn't realize they were across the street from each other. So me and my guys, we went and bought sandwiches from Gino's, then walked across the street from Pat's, and then we did half and half. Uh, uh, I tell people to do that go. all the time. And you know what? This, I don't know if this is a popular opinion, but Gino's, Gino's killed Pat's. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, mm. way killed him. So now, mm. Preston, yeah, where's your... My preference between those two is Pat's personally, but uh, I go to Jim's. That's that's where I yeah, like there you to go. go. Yeah. Right. You know what's strange is the people that make the cheesesteaks, they, they got a bit of arrogance about them. <laughs> that's totally. The yeah, that's the deal. Unless you're Gino or you're Pat, where you're acting like this. You don't own the joint, you know? <laughs> Just make the sandwich. Yeah. Just make well, the you got to order it right as well. You, you can't. Oh, it's so Gino's has Gino's has the instructions right there. It's well, stra- so does Pat's, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. There, but, there's, uh, but there's more than one Gino's or Pat's. I went to one in a bit of a seedy area, and there was a, there was a long line. I finally get to the front, and I didn't whiz, whiz yeah, yeah. whittle out. And then I remember I was like, uh, whiz. And then 
he had a drink, and I go, oh, do you have Diet Coke? He goes, yeah, I got Diet Coke, man. And he goes to get one. I saw him grab a cream soda. I go, uh, maybe I'll have a cream soda. He turns around and goes, man, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> In front of everyone, I went, I'll, 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 take, I'll take whatever you have, man. Whatever you have. It's, it's not as bad as, like, let's say the Wiener Circle in uh, Chicago. The Wiener uh, Circle. All right, so it's a it's a little hot dog joint in Chicago where the, the charm of the place is the women there curse you out. I mean, I mean curse like, you out. Vile, vile, like, things that I could never say on the radio. Are they attractive, though? No. no. <laughs> but if you if you order a chocolate shake. Oh, I'm not going there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, if, what's the draw? If you yeah. order a chocolate shake and you have to pay 20 bucks, they will lift their shirt and, and bounce their, their boobs around. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to try this twenty dollars chocolate shake. Yeah. Uh, you but might like, even get the same service at Helium tonight. You don't know. We recommended yeah, yeah, someone. <laughs> <laughs> we recommended someone. Yeah. The guy in front of me ordered a chocolate shake, and she goes, "You got twenty bucks?" And he goes, uh, "No." And then she yells, "Like, well, then what the f are you ordering it for, Kitty Cat Lips?" And oh, I was wow. like, "What?" I'm like, "I want a chocolate shake, and I got twenty bucks." It was great. But how do? You, but if you're, why are you shocked if you're standing in a line for at a place that's known for that? You know. So but, 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 but at Gino's and Pat's, at Gino's and Pat, they, they act like they're protecting the royal jewels. It's very, <laughs> they're very arrogant, man. That's part of the deal. A lot of people get very, they get very like like flop sweat that they're not going to order correctly. But mm-hmm. once you get it down, there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm on the search for the best Philly cheesesteaks. So we'll Nine. see. Should people jump on your Twitter account and give you suggestions? I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's a turf war out there. In the <laughs> it streets. is. People are jumping on. People are sliding my DMs like death threats if I don't go somewhere. It's yeah. going to get bloody. Yeah. It's going to get, get bloody. Someone's going to die. Someone's going to die. <laughs> well, listen, don't miss Brendan. He'll be at Helium, one of our favorite places, tonight and tomorrow, 730 and 10 o'clock is when the shows are. And you can get details and tickets and all that stuff at uh, Helium Comedy. .com, but it's good to have you in here, man. Yeah, thank you guys, man. That's a fun one. You guys are great. We love uh, the whole crew. Yeah. See you. All right, Brendan Schaub, guys. Yeah. Here from. We're going to take a break. We are going to give away some. Uh, our friends from Honey Grow are here serving up food for our in-studio guests. And uh, they brought their Harvest Soba, Roasted Autumn Honey Bar, and Waldorf Salad this morning. And I'll take call number 15 and give you a $25 gift card. 215-263-WMMR. Download the Honey Grow app. For easy pickup and delivery and earn loyalty points towards free meals and more. We'll be back in just a moment. More guests are on the way. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Our next guests are here to promote a film which opens in January. And the theme is one that we've seen several times in the news. Someone wrongfully imprisoned. Yes, uh, and uh, occasionally it happens where people are actually uh, let out of prison eventually. Just uh, happened here in Philadelphia last yeah, week. Yeah, and uh, so we have, uh, it's, it's very cool, the, the series of guests that we have here this morning. We have, first of all, the author of the book, Just Mercy, and the executive producer of the movie. It is his own story. Yes. So please welcome Brian Stevenson. Yeah. Brian. Good morning. Thanks for being here. And we have stars of the film. Please welcome Tim Blake Nelson and Karen Kendrick. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Our studio. It's great to have you guys here. We appreciate it. Um, one of the things that we did not that long ago, Brian, was, uh, you know, we've been together, this uh, group, for 20 years. And um, I posed on the air, if there were to be a Preston and Steve movie... <laughs> Who would we be cast as? <laughs> you have Michael B. Jordan <laughs> playing you, sir. 
Yes, and I told him you have to have your Black, pa- black Panther body when you play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're going to be, be accurate, a shirtless scene at some point. That's if right. you're going to be accurate, That's you have wow. to be totally jacked. That's There's right. just no two ways about it. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sorry, to no, interrupt, please, but, by all means. But Karen, you play his wife in the film. I, I play the wife of uh, Jamie Foxx's character. Of Jamie okay. Foxx's character. Okay. All right. So I was going to say you, you, uh, you know, <laughs> who's playing your wife in this film? I don't have a wife. You don't Damn have it. Well, you have to stick with what happened. So at least it's something, you know, and you look very much like Michael B. Jordan. So oh, thank you. So thank I, you. I don't know if you had anything to do with the casting, but did you just go through all the Marvel movies and just, you know, okay, I want Captain Marvel. I want the Doctor from uh, Incredible Hulk. Uh, I want Black Panther. Uh, yeah. I wish I, I, I could claim that, but I'm so proud of the cast that we have. Uh, they're enormously talented people, and the important thing is that they bring to life the clients that I've represented, the people I've worked with, Tim is amazing as uh, a really tortured person who was in prison but finally found a way to step up. And uh, Kron's performance uh, is really remarkable because she embodies the struggle of a lot of people in this country who lose their loved ones uh, to jail and prison unjustly. And it's a huge burden, and she brings all of that to bear in an amazing performance. Well, we, all, we all want the pursuit of justice, and we, we it's a major injustice when someone is wrongfully sent to prison. This is a case that has been... There have been many cases, obviously, with the revelation of, of DNA evidence and things of that nature. This is, this is, this is uh, you know, reading the aspects of the story, it appears outlandish that this person ever went to, to jail. Ex- explain in, in a, you know, a thumbnail what this story is about. Sure. It's about an innocent man who was wrongly accused of killing a young white woman in Monroeville, Alabama, which happens to be the same place where Harper Lee grew up and wrote To Kill a, to Mockingbird. Kill a Mockingbird, which wow. has many parallels. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the irony was, of course, is that this community was very comfortable putting him on death row, convicting him for something he didn't do, even though he was with 30 other people when the crime took place who could all attest to his innocence. It was like a church fish fry or something. Exactly. That was, and there, there was actually a police officer at that event who, right. who verified he was there. Exactly. He was convicted because people were angry. They felt like they had to get somebody prosecuted. And that fear and anger is what led to this wrongful conviction. But he was also convicted because he was poor. And one of the challenges that we have right now is we have a criminal justice system that treats you better if you're rich and guilty than if you're poor and innocent. Wealth, not culpability, shapes outcomes. We've seen even people who are wealthy get bankrupt and have everything taken away because of the daunting legal costs involved with defending yourself. Yeah. And and in this case, you know, listen, everyone agrees. This is a, across the aisle. Everyone yeah. agrees that there's stuff that needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, we all, you know, all believe the people who are guilty of things should, should be held accountable. But when you hear uh, stories of people who are away for years and years yeah. and years, you know, how do you give back someone a chunk of their, there's nothing you can do right. to rectify that. So, so you try. How did you get attached to this case? Well, I started a project in Montgomery, Alabama, where we were committing to represent people on death row. It doesn't have Alabama doesn't have a public defender system, so we had a lot of people who were literally dying for legal assistance, and I wanted to respond to that need. And we slowly began building uh, the project, and I just took on all of these cases. And Walter McMillan was one of the first cases that I that I worked on. And um, you know, we're now at a point where uh, for every nine people who've been executed, we've identified one innocent person on death row. So it's still an enormous enormous challenge to represent and to help thousands of people who've been wrongly convicted in our jails and prisons. So you you uh, you, you wrote the book. You wrote basically a uh, – there was also, as I'm incorrect, a sort of a, a children's version of yeah. the book that speaks to people who are – who have – 
family members incarcerated there because there's collateral damage to every one of these yeah, things. Yeah. And and then how how do you how does uh, the process make the jump to the screen? Well, um, I got contacted by some folks who said we want to make a movie out of this and i was very apprehensive because you never know what happens when hollywood gets involved but i there were some remarkable people involved destin uh the director and the studio execs have been very faithful to the story they gave me a lot of input which i was really happy about i, I think this is uh, <clears throat> you mentioned it's destin daniel creighton yes is that his name right, so he, his his resume is not lengthy but but um, he's done some stuff. Was that a personal selection for you? Because he's the the, the movie's getting raves, and they're yeah. they're commenting on on. He seems like a young director, yeah. but he seemed to embrace the material. He did. He came with a kind of uh, earnestness and sincerity. He made a film called Short Term 12, which I saw and I was absolutely blown away by because he has a way of mitigating people who you might otherwise hate or distrust. And that was important for me. I don't want anybody to think, I mean, my view is that we are all more than the worst thing we've ever done. And I want to have that expressed in this film. And and he does a great job of pulling that together. Tim, you're a veteran actor. You've been in a lot of great films. Why did, and you probably get scripts all the time that you have to take a look at. Why did this one stand out amongst the others and uh, seem like something you wanted to be a part of? Well, I guess at this point, I, I only do stuff that feels irresistible. And this was that. Uh, and I first and foremost, because it's telling Brian Stevenson's story. And this is a man who we say make a difference. He really, truly has changed uh, is changing um, what the justice system is in America right now. And so uh, not only was it irresistible uh, to to be a part of telling this story, but I think we've all looked at it as a privilege. And that started with um, Michael B. Jordan uh, taking on playing Brian. And it's true about Jamie and Rob Morgan and Kron is here. Or she can speak for herself. Uh, but this was one of those projects in which you simply felt you had to be involved. Now, the gentleman you play is named Ralph Myers. Yes. And uh, explain a little bit of, of what he is uh, to the plot, to the story. Uh, um, what he is in the plot is he's he's a guy who uh, bears false witness um, and in doing so helps put a man on death row. And uh, he has to face how that ramifies. Yeah. Um, it's really it's it's really uh, the Brian Stevenson character uh, um, uh, puts the tragedy really right in front of him. And he, he has to face that in the context of his own tragedies uh, that he's faced in a very traumatic life, um, having been a foster kid, uh, having been nearly burned alive when he was seven years old uh, and um, – <laughs> And then having a justice system that threatened him uh, with execution unless he uh, testified falsely against this um, person of color. It gets, uh, it gets you nodded up just because because there are they, you know there there a lot of people expect just black and whites in the world and there 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 are so many there are grays and there 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 are different textures to things and you, and you don't see you know what what makes somebody who would do that and and who has also had their own series of horrific things happen and and the chain of events that lead to it is it as an actor is it a how do you feel about when the the person who's there who is being portrayed and you're interacting do you do you seek them to say can i get some insight or is that as for you as an actor a bit of folly to try to let that influence or inform your performance too much 
anything that can inform is never going to be folly. In this specific case, I was not able to speak uh, with Ralph Myers. Um, I was, I guess, advised against that, although I think now, were we making the film now, that would be a different... um, That would be... uh, I would have had different advice um, just because of changes that have occurred uh, in his life. What makes Brian... Stevenson, uh, uh, especially trenchant uh, to me as a writer and thinker, and this is just personal to me uh, as a white guy, um, is that he's explored in Just Mercy, and then Destin explores this in the movie, largely through the character I get to play, how the power structure in America exploits poor whites against people of color in pursuit of preserving uh, hegemony, power. Uh, And it's something I never understood until I got to play this character and read Brian's book, Hmm. Uh, how the the power structure in America pits the poor against one another. Hmm. Uh, And and I think there's something to that. Um, Again... Uh, in sophisticated gray areas. Uh, it's not black and white, but I think it's there, and it was interesting to explore it. I want to go back to something you said, Brian, uh, because I'm confused by it. Um, there is no public defender system in Alabama at all? Yeah, that's right. Um, courts require poor people to have a lawyer appointed, but some states have tried to respond to that by just having private lawyers appointed for each person. We have a lot of states that have statewide public defender systems, but we have a lot of states that don't have that. And at the time this case was happening, appointed lawyers could only be paid $1,000 for representing somebody, even if they were facing the death penalty. And we estimate it takes at least 500 hours to prepare one of these cases. So lawyers were being asked to work for $2 an hour if they were going to do a good job. And, of course, lawyers can't afford to do that. And so what you see is lawyers going to court totally unprepared, not doing the investigation, not being able to make the right arguments. And that's one of the reasons why we've had so many wrongful convictions is that we haven't invested in providing people with the resources that they need when they've been accused of something. Is that um, at all changeable? Is is it being changed? There's a lot of work being done to try to expand uh, the right to counsel, but it's a state-by-state decision. Criminal justice policy tends to be state-by-state. And that's the challenge. We have a lot of states that have just resisted investing and uh, providing resources to people who are accused of crimes. I'm a big believer in states' rights, but I but this this seems that seems that seems an erroneous thing to <laughs> to allow to happen. You know, because you 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 need you you need you need a vigorous defense. To me, I can't think of anything we've talked about on the show many times. To imagine you. You're wrongfully accused of something. And not only that, you have your freedom taken away and, and no one will listen to you. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's, it's it, nightmares yes, are generate right. from that. And then you have the character that, that uh, Karen is playing. So the wife of the man who's being wrongfully imprisoned, that's another level of insanity another right level. there. Uh, how did you take on that going into that? I mean, because uh, we can't possibly imagine what that would be like your set your spouse being held for something that they didn't do that he didn't do and you know i i feel like minnie mcmillan is a woman who had every reason to walk away but she chooses to stand her husband is not guilty of this crime she knows that but he's made other choices 
that he, I think takes them into a gray area. He's 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 cheated uh, on her, okay, and he's been involved. So he's he's not a, a a perfect person, but who is? But who is right? Mm-hmm. And 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 so, uh, but you you know where. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody might be prompted to say, well, okay, he deserves this. But you have to, your character and, and the way you have to play it, you know, again, I, I've always said in, in the case of, of movies, uh, you know, like if you take like a, a classic, not to, this is a Bond movie, but a James Bond, the, the villains are more interesting when you, uh, there's a certain point when you can go, I can kind of see that, you know, mm-hmm. so so it, 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 it makes it more, it, we can connect to this. And in the case, here's just a regular guy with warts and all, but he didn't do this. He didn't do this. And I think that Millie, Minnie, excuse me, kind of stands in the gap. I think that she is the person who to the community says, you know what? He's not perfect. He's human and he's flawed just like we all are. But we're still going to love him. We're still going to support him. We're, we choose in this moment to stand by him for what is right. Because right is right. Because right is right. Yeah. And I think something else that Brian does so beautifully, um, when you read the book, you'll see this. And even in the film, he introduces us to the idea that we are all human. And even if we make choices that are not the best choices in that, choices in that moment, we still deserve mercy. We still deserve grace. Mm. On, a, on a basic thing, just cinematically, legal dramas... You talk about the great the, the uh, Gregory Peck and 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 you know mm-hmm. obviously uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is you know, David Mamet's uh, uh, ver- the, the Verdict. The verdict, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's, we're just drawn into it and 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 drawn in again. I think because it, it just it, it's it incites something primal in us. This is this must be this wrong must be righted, you know. And, and so it's your it's your story, but. There are theatrical things that have to be present to make it work. Was that a tough process for you to deal with? Not really, because when you actually uh, introduce something like the death penalty, where it's literally life or death, and then you have dynamics in these communities, a lot of people do not want uh, me to kind of win this case. They do not want us to prove this man's innocence. And so I got bomb threats and death threats, and police pulled me over routinely. Because when you challenge something that never gets challenged, it disrupts things. Yeah. And that disruption can create fear and anger and resistance. And so that all adds to the drama of the story. And when you condemn people and you say their life has no meaning, no purpose, no value, such that we're going to take that life away, it just ups the stakes in ways that I think comes through in the film and through the performances. When, when, What time period was this? When did this take place? So the crime took place in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. I was working on it in the early 1990s. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, some things have changed, but a lot of things haven't changed yeah. in terms of we had... Uh, so Mr. McMillan actually got sentenced to life without parole by the jury. But our judges have the ability to override jury verdicts of life. And the judge in this case whose name was Robert E. Lee Key, overrode the jury's verdict of life and imposed the death penalty. And that's how 25% of the people on our death row got theirs. They got life verdicts that were overridden by these elected trial judges. And so the politics of it was very real. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, there's a couple of things that that you're... I I didn't realize that. uh, That you're... Does the the film... Clearly portray all of that? It does. Okay. And, and that's what's great. You know, we've got just an amazing cast who bring to life all of these dynamics. And, and um, our team didn't really try to dumb down anything. You, you go through this process. You expect things are going to happen one way. And then when they don't, you deal with the real challenges of trying to advocate for people 
who are disfavored. And uh, I think the performances make that a lot more uh, accessible. When Kairon has to bear the grief of, of her, her husband not being freed and when uh, Tim has to portray the complexity of, of whether you should stand up despite all of the repercussions, mm-hmm. people get a sense of what this is about. This movie opens in January. Will that make it ineligible for the Academy? Or it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually opening on Christmas Day. Uh-huh. There, you there you go. But if it's been shown in a theater, and I think the fact that you've appeared on this show makes yeah. it a shoe in uh, for That's what we yeah, were told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys have a viewing last night? Was it last night for the uh, Philadelphia yeah, Film we were, Festival? We were at uh, the Felt Film Festival last night. And, and how was it received? It was great. We had a wonderful response, and it's been great going around and hearing people respond to the film. We're, we're glad that the Philadelphia Film Festival is so awesome. And, yep. and they're, they're, I mean, it, it's now, you know, it, it, it's... Uh, it's become a thing that, that really has some, some merit and gravitas, and, and we're all massive film fanatics, so it's, it's great to be able to have people like yourselves in here to, uh, to chat with us. Thank you. Uh, to switch gears for just a moment, so, uh, uh, Tim, I wanted to ask you, because you've worked in all kinds of genres, this obviously of straight-up drama, uh, but we're, uh, we're also massive uh, superhero film, <laughs> film fans. I know uh, that Marty recently... Uh, beat up on him. Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I know that you have The Watchmen coming up, uh, and I'm excited for that, but you're playing a character I've never heard of before. Looking Glass. Yeah. yeah. And I've read the I read the novel, and I'm familiar with the film. I've seen it several times, but I wasn't familiar with Looking Glass. Well, what Damon Lindelof has done is he's taken the 1985 graphic novel, and he's treated that as canon. Okay. It's almost just, it's absolute history. And he's projected its future... Um, 30 years forward, so it's now our present. Ah. And it's a parallel universe to ours taking place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is a pretty unlikely place. That's where you're from, isn't it? That is where I'm from, yes. Uh, And my character is um, sort of a psychological operations, a psyops uh, detective. Wow. And that's awesome. He, <laughs> I'm already I'm already on board. <laughs> he wears this um mask that is entirely reflective. Okay. And he takes people into this pod uh to um determine uh truth and lie, guilt and innocence. Has Brian, been- why didn't you use that? <laughs> uh, you could have gotten right down to Absolutely. it. All you needed is that mask. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I can tell you people are going to be very excited. About uh, we already are. Yeah. We, we, had, we had Zack Snyder on uh, a, a little while ago, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're fans of, of, extraordinary. Of, of the film. Yeah, and, and again, he's just massively... Uh, uh, wrapped up in this, so we're we're all w- working with bated breath, which you just told us made us very happy. So that's very cool, <laughs> most definitely. And Can I ask you about Buster uh, Buster Scruggs? Scruggs. Yeah. Scruggs. Um, you were you that was actually you singing in that? Yes. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, they wrote it uh, with that in mind. Okay. Yeah, because I had sung in "Oh Brother Where Art Thou." Yeah, you did in the jailhouse yeah. now, which is great. Yeah, uh, Clooney didn't me. sing. No, no, he can't sing. <laughs> that guy. Can't. All he gets is the looks. Yeah, <laughs> and the acting ability. And the- <laughs> The fact and, uh, that he radiates decency. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, Lake Cuomo uh, uh, villa. Yeah. yeah. And them all. <laughs> but you get but, to sing. Yeah, but I get to sing and, and I get my radio face. Uh, Join the club. <laughs> no, I, I just want to say to your fans that you are a handsome group. <laughs> 
<laughs> Staggeringly handsome. Oh. In fact, K-Ron and, and Brian and I, we don't even know how to be in your presence. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask K-Ron, you, would, you know, right now I believe it's going on, the, uh, the, 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 the female astronauts, the spacewalk. I know you're, you're, you're tied into to NASA and, and uh, yeah. hidden figures. Hidden figures and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we were just watching the footage live here a few minutes ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it, it right now. It, it, it's pretty wild. You continue to do stuff with, with NASA uh, uh, as well? You know, when I went to, um, when we were doing Hidden Figures, I created the Girls Empowerment Tour so I could really delve a little bit deeper into that entire world. Again, yeah. it was a story that I knew of, but yeah. I wasn't as familiar with. And so when I went to, to speak there, I was able to tour and I was a kid in a candy store. Oh, my God. It's got to be awesome. Like, Disney World. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. And I, you know, I, I of course asked the questions that they probably hated. Like, okay, are there really aliens? <laughs> <laughs> you had to be the one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was an absolute blast. And we do still keep in touch. Oh, that's so great. I'm so excited that my friends are, you know, these wonderful guys and astrophysicists and I feel really important about that. <laughs> Tim, I wanted to ask you while we have you here about uh, Minority Report. Um, are you ever surprised at uh, the number of things that were in Minority Report that are now actually actually true? I, my wife and I constantly talk about that. <coughs> I think it's it's really like like uh, in its own way, two thousand and one, mm-hmm. um, uh, because of there's so much of what Kubrick put in that movie that that ended up being true. But that's what happens when. You're involved with a great filmmaker. Uh, so Stephen did his research and he talked with futurists uh, and not crackpot futurists, but uh, really viable, uh, informed ones. And, yeah, I'm 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 quite astonished. I mean, looking, uh, I think it came out in 2001 or 2002. And, and, and looking back on it, it's still a great movie. Obviously, it holds up. But it's it's shocking at how many of those things are now present. It, when it came out that many years ago. Yeah, and, and, and that, of course, makes you expect that the aspects of it that um, haven't been achieved are just around the corner. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, in fact, Minority Report becomes sort of a, an expression of when I, people talk about the, the autonomous cars, and I, I say, well, when they have a Minority Report thing going on where all the cars are synced up and everything, mm-hmm. that's that's when it'll be, I think, viable. But the stuff that was predicted in it, it's just amazing to Gattaca's see. Gattaca's another film. Gattaca's like that. another one, and of course, mm-hmm. 2001. I mentioned. just want to know when I can, uh, before I'm entering a room, when I can roll a spider in. Just to go <laughs> yes. Check uh, everybody yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, by the way, I want to point out, we didn't mention this, that uh, Brian uh, graduated from Eastern University. Uh, right here in the area. Yes, spent uh, a lot of time what, on the mainland. What time frame were you, were you living uh, in? That was the uh, late 70s, early 80s, 77 to 81, but I was on the Paoli local all the time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> played Villanova and Swarthmore and Haverford and all of the mainline schools. And my, my mom grew up in Philly, so I feel really connected here. Uh, she grew up in North Philly. My grandmother lived in Germantown. My brother's still here in, in West Philly at UPenn. And uh, so Philly's like home for me. It's great being back on the main line. Wow. Where'd and you do your uh, law school? Sorry. For I went to Harvard. I left. Uh, oh, oh, that place. I went place. to Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that place. Yeah. I went yeah. to Harvard twice. Oh, yeah, two times. Well, the thing was, I was a philosophy major in college, and somebody came up to me in my senior year and said, you know nobody's going to pay you to philosophize <laughs> when you graduate. It's true. It's you true. never see a, sh- a sign outside uh, philosopher. The, exactly. And so uh, I started uh, yeah. looking into graduate schools, and I didn't know that if you want to do graduate work in history, English, or political science, you have to know something about history, English, or political science. <laughs> and to be honest, that's how I found my way to law school. It was very 
clear to me, you don't need to know anything to go to law school. Are you <laughs> telling Are you telling everyone that that you're living your default plan? <laughs> it is. It was, it was certainly my default <laughs> education. That's certainly <laughs> true. And films. When did that? <clears throat> That realm even enter your mind? You know, I, I, we've been really focused on narrative work here for the last 12 years. I'm a product of Brown versus Board of Education. I grew up in a community where black kids couldn't go to the public schools. And lawyers came into that community and made that possible. And about 12 years ago, I started worrying that we might not win Brown today, that we don't necessarily have a commitment to doing things that are disruptive on behalf of poor and disfavored people. Mm. And that's a narrative feeling. We have to start telling the stories that get people to care more about the poor and the excluded and the disfavored. And so the book and the TED Talk and a lot of the projects we're doing now, we've opened a new museum in Montgomery and a new memorial. I hope everybody will think about visiting us in Montgomery to see these spaces. But these are all narrative projects, and, and the film and storytelling is a critical way. We get people to think about things that they haven't thought about before. You know, that's what happened on the issue of domestic violence. We didn't really respond to women who were being abused until we started watching films like A Burning Bed that Farrah Fawcett made in the 70s, and we started telling those stories. And there are a lot of ways in which the film industry and storytelling can actually awake us to issues and concerns that we need to be alive to. And that's what we hope, in, hope happens with this film. All right, so, so this film, uh, you said, uh, it, well, it aired last night, uh, and then it comes out officially before the, uh, the year's up. But uh, just here in Philadelphia, there was a gentleman who was uh, wrongly incarcerated for 27 years. That's right. And um, so, obviously, um, there are parallels to what uh, your, your story is about. Um, but when I had heard... Um, and and I, I don't know all of the, the details, but when I had heard just a couple of the details, like, I don't know how somebody, because when he came out, and this is just surface stuff, he looked like he was okay, yeah, right? Yeah. But, like, he lost the like the best 27 years of his life. Yeah. And how do you not um, go absolutely crazy? It, it almost feels like you've been muffled, yeah. and nobody can hear you. And, and how can a jury um, just completely um, dismiss uh, one part of the uh, testimony. Yeah. Well, I think that's where the, the role of the lawyer comes into play. Mm. And, and we do have a lot of people who don't have the resources to get the kind of expert assistance that they need. One of the stories in this film involves a man named Anthony Ray Hinton who spent 30 years on death row for a crime he didn't commit. Mm. And the reason why he was wrongly convicted is that he needed an expert who could prove that the gun they found in his mother's home was not the gun that was involved in these crimes. He didn't have that money, so he gets wrongly convicted. And so it is one of the challenges that I think we have to address. We've been pushing the creation of what we call conviction integrity units. We think every prosecutor ought to be open to investigating a case. If there's evidence that the person is innocent, mm -hmm. they're in a much better position to undo those wrongs than journalists or advocates or lawyers. And that's one of the things we hope comes out of this. But there's a real crisis. We have the highest rate of incarceration in the world which probably means we have more innocent people in our jails and prisons than any place on the planet. And I think the scariest thing about that is that any one of us is um, uh, susceptible to this. Absolutely. And people don't realize until they are accused mm -hmm. how much money it takes to defend yourself. And we're, that's we're talking about that? Yes, talking about yeah. that earlier. Is that yeah. it, it, it can devastate you. Just sure. simply the process of clearing your name. And, and at the end of it, you're left with... That's right. Well, you're, okay, you're clear now. H happy life. That's right. And, and with things like mandatory sentencing, the, the, the consequences of even doing something wrong can be devastating. I'm representing people who are serving life without parole sentences for simple possession of marijuana, for writing a bad check for less than $100. And because of these mandatory sentencing schemes, we put people in prison for decades for things that are very minor. And so all of those things 
it can complicate the way you have to approach these problems. And that's one of the reasons why we're so interested in, in generating a conversation about reform. And that's what the uh, the film is, is planning on doing. I uh, haven't seen it yet, but very excited. We had the, the premiere at the Philadelphia Film Festival. There's going to be a, a, a smaller release right before the end of the year that opens wide in theaters. January 10th is the date that I have. Yeah. So we'll look for that. Well, listen, we appreciate your time. Thank you guys so much. And best of luck. Continued success. Thanks for being here this morning. Thank it you. It was our pleasure. It's here for Brian Stevenson, Tim Blake Nelson, and Karen Kendrick. We're going to take a break. And we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. The Black Keys. Greta Van Fleet. Five Finger Death Punch. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Do we have a moment? Yeah, just a moment. All right. I got I to gotta mention real quick that uh, as we were uh, wrapping up our interview, uh, we had um, <clears throat> all three people from uh, the film Just Mercy in here. We had uh, uh, Karen Kendrick and Brian Stevenson. And uh, Tim Blake Nelson, who we're all really, really big fans of. Yes, and, very much. And uh, he's been in so many great movies. He he pulled me aside while we were out there, and he goes, I just want to tell you how great that interview was. And I was like, really? And you heard him. You were yeah, saying, yeah, he was no. telling us both. He, got, he said, no, I don't, don't want to be insulting. Yeah, don't take this the wrong way. But it was surprisingly substantiative. <laughs> Substantive. Substantive. <laughs> See, I can't even say the word right. Substantive. Submarinive. Yeah. And uh, and he goes, I've I've done a lot of morning radio, and he said, and a lot of times it's just, you know, that was very nice. Wasting. He was really really complimentary, and he goes, and and the jokes, he you know, it was it was serious, but it was light, and the jokes weren't forced, and he was just appreciative of it. And I'm like, wow, that was very cool. I actually got goosebumps when he told me that. That's cool, and yet man. we still don't have a fire truck. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> you know what's funny is right when the interview wrapped, when we were all sitting in the studio, Casey, you may still have had your headphones on, but the first thing that he says when the mics went off was, "So who's going to win the NFC East?" Yeah, and he was just like, you know, it's kind of joking around or whatever. Yeah. But it was just like he is a normal dude. You know, he's yeah. just, he's just a guy who happens to be an incredibly successful and talented actor. Well, yeah. honestly, we we've been we've. Over the years, we've had to cultivate it, but let people know, let the various promoters know that we are movie fanatics. Yeah. So when they come in here, they do get a good interview. We, we're legitimately thrilled to talk about not only the actual movie, but the director, the writer. The, oh, the it, yeah. it, It's a cool. I think most people who are tapped into anything pop culture love that stuff. Um, and also, I want to note, uh, so... So uh, Tim Blake Nelson is in the Ballad of Buster Scraggs or Scruggs? Scruggs. Scruggs. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. So it's on Netflix. You can watch it. He's in. It's just a series of like these short stories from the Cohen brothers. From the Cohen brothers, and and he's in the first one. But also, Preston brought up The Watchmen. Yeah. It premieres this Sunday. Yes. Right. It premieres this Sunday. I, I I'm the very, day of the week. The day of the week. I, I Sunday. Think, I think it. This could be very much great. I it. it I just, hope it's very good. Well, great. if yeah. it's listen. I, I, we're, we are thrilled at the prospect. It's the character that he described, um, as a new character. Mm -hmm. If we have stuff like that, excellent. And what he said, I didn't know that it, that it takes that original story and it advances 30 years into the future. It's an alternate version of our reality, but it takes place in our time frame because that originally took place in the 1980s. So yeah, that's awesome. That's good to know. Is Sunday the last day of the week or the first day of the week? It's. I, th- I think it's the, the last day, day of the week. Oh, really? The first day of the week. Yeah. I mean, on the calendar, it's the first day of the week. I know, Jesus but said I, so. I always, 
I always think of it as the last. By day the way, day. it was at the Last Supper. Uh, just to make, just to clear this up, Sunday's yeah. the last day of the week. Hey, by the way, TJIF, yeah, yeah. it's Thursday, so tomorrow's uh, who had be, the roast beef? Tomorrow's going to be good Friday. <laughs> I don't know. I get thrown off all the time because on our website, uh, in my head, Sunday starts the week. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yes. First day of the week. But but on the calendar on our website, it starts at Monday. I always yes. think. It throws I, I, me off every time. I just think of work. That, that's yeah. the beginning of the work week yeah. is the beginning of, of the week. Uh, and, you know, you get past America's Funny Home Videos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think we can all agree that Saturday is the best day of the week. But what's second best? I, I don't, I'm not sure Saturday is the best day of the week. All right, I well, love Saturday, but I also love Friday afternoon. Well, so mm-hmm. that's what I was going to ask. What's better, Friday or Sunday? Friday. Friday. Yeah. What's better, Friday or Sunday? You have to work on Friday. Not even close. Friday, man. Yeah. Wow. Drinking because, time. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Wait, it's Sunday's clobbering. not drinking time <laughs> What's that? Sunday's drinking time, too. Sunday's also drinking time. I don't time. do Sunday fun day no. anymore. Okay. No. I'm, I've, I've retired from Sunday fun day. You're missing out on the Sunday scaries now. You have to drink to chase the I don't even the want you to finish away. telling me what that is, because that sounds stupid. <laughs> it's, it like, is. it's like it a is. Pringle party. Okay. <laughs> it's like a Chidouin. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm not going to You're not going to do it. No, no I'm not going to do it. Steve, we've retired the Pringle Party, and now it's going to be a seltzer soiree. Oh. Seltzer soiree. The problem is, Marissa, you're too old for those things. Those are, <laughs> those are no, for like 25-year-olds. Am I? Yeah, no, we're, no, I'm the old one. You guys are Let's just Let's do butt young chippers. bingo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know? Hey, yeah. wait a second. Yeah. Hang on to something here. Now hang on. Marissa, do, do any of your friends have one of those dorky mustaches? Because if you do, then a Pringle Party is okay. <laughs> No, I got rid of the guy that had the dorky mustache. Okay, then then you got to do. Yeah, <laughs> we're fine. The... At, at right. butt plug bingo, do you win butt plugs? Yeah, it's the it's the win. It's... The, I'm in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. yeah absolutely. Yeah, you need a new one. Yeah, that's why. I, I mean, I'm not going to buy one. My, 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 cur- my current one's all dinged up. I'll go to the bingo. All right, uh, we can now do the bizarre file. In fact, we just did. The yeah, what was file. that? Yeah. All right, here we go. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Oh, Tim Blake Nelson's on the phone. He wants to recall his compliment because of the butt plug thing. All right. Uh, the Bizarre File this morning is brought to you by French Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville. With everything you need for the great outdoors and beyond, all the big name brands, they have them. Visit FrenchCreekOutfitters.com for additional information. French Creek Outfitters, why take a chance with anybody else? Well, everybody and their brother sent me this story, and I definitely am going to put it here in the B-File. A Paris Zoo showcased a mysterious new organism on Wednesday that they have dubbed the Blob. Yeah. A yellowish, unicellular, small living being, which looks like a fungus but acts like an animal. This newest exhibit of the Paris Zoological Park which goes on display to the public on Saturday, has no mouth, no stomach, no eyes, yet it can detect food and digest it. The blob has been has almost 720 sexes, can move without legs or wings, and heals itself in two minutes if it's cut in half. So this really does possess the properties of the classic science fiction monster, the blob. Yeah. Okay, uh, how did they kill that thing? They froze it. They didn't kill it. Yep. Remember, they froze it and dropped it off at the I uh, North Pole. I never watched it. And I never... Okay. Yeah. Mm. They used uh, CO2-based uh, fire extinguishers. CO2! To, to back it off, and then they then they froze it, and then they dropped it somewhere in the Arctic. 
Uh, the Blob is a living being which belongs to one of nature's mysteries, said Bruno David, director of the Paris Museum of Natural History. It surprises us because it has no brain but is able to learn. And if you merge two blobs, the one that has learned will transmit its knowledge to the other. This Stop is the beginning it. of the end. Oh yeah, uh, because think think of a, think of a sentient creature that possessed these capabilities. Yeah. So uh, and it was named after the the horror film. So yeah. that's that's where they got it. So we'll see if there is more research and a ton of what we find out about the blob. <laughs> hey kids, let's go see the blob. Uh, this woman probably loves chicken nuggets more than you do. A bride was recently thrilled to receive a bouquet containing greens and chicken nuggets from family members. Uh, Tyson helped out with the bouquet, and the brand wrote on Instagram, Kisses and Nugs, <laughs> to Adam and Blair Tyson, wishing them a lifetime of fun nugget love. Here's a dream come true. <laughs> from our Tyson family to theirs. The brand. And look, dipping chops. <laughs> they also gifted them a year's worth of Tyson chicken nuggets, too. I Listen, I, I love chicken nuggets. Yeah. I love chicken fingers. I love boneless wings. Mm-hmm. I've said it. Now you do something about it. Okay. Uh, so I don't know why they gave them all these chicken nuggets. I'm just because their last name was Tyson. I'm not really sure. So who knows? But they're in love. They're in love. We're in love. And we have nuggets. Two Randy Scottish senior citizens were caught in a sordid romp on a bus outside Ah. a hospital in broad daylight. Uh, The shameless couple were spotted in a sleazy sex act by a shocked passenger who started to film them. It happened on board the Stewart's Coach's number 111 bus, and it was parked at a hospital in Airdrie, just yards from a cancer treatment center. And it's claimed the frisky elderly couple swiped their... Uh, apparently, their uh, senior passes to get on the bus and then went straight into the sordid tryst. Onlookers watched in disgust as the Randy pensioners were caught in the sordid romp. A 20-second video of the X-rated tryst was posted online. Did you see it? No, I did not get a chance to see it, and it became an instant hit. It is understood the pair were tossed off of the bus by the driver after he discovered their X-rated activities. The clip shows the mystery couple passionately kissing as the man performs a sex act on his female companion as cars drive past. So the he's bus. performing a sex act on her. That's what it says, and they're not going into specifics. So, <laughs> hey, and they were kissing. So you know, I'm, I'm guessing it's you know. I listen. Make it up in your own head. As source added, let's try some finger blasting. <laughs> so what I'll do is my arthritis and my extra bony knuckles should deliver a whole wealth of pleasure to your rotten vagina. Oh, oh dear God. Oh, hey. My Lord. Listen, it's a short bus ride. If you have any hopes of having an orgasm, I'm going to use the middle digit as it looks like a naughty piece of wood. <laughs> I don't think we're on the air anymore. <laughs> Preston just left. <laughs> uh, Nick found the video. Well, you know, I, I blame the uh, the Sun, the British tabloid, because they blurred out what's going on here. And it's hard you to don't want to yeah. see it. <laughs> kind of want to see it. Kind of want to see it. Listen, and I pulled everything out. Our lung was on the end of my finger. <laughs> I think you're going to want this back, Lassie. Oh, God. This helps with the creation of bile. (laughs) The pancreas came out, too? Came out on my ring finger. (laughs) (laughs) Here, pop that back in. (laughs) 
<laughs> the source said they yeah, got on let the me spit on it. Oh my god. A source added they got on the bus using their concession passes like any other pensioners, but they obviously fancied a quickie and didn't make any attempts to hide what was going on. They were just going at it right there on the seats. You can hear the bus engine running in the background. Mm. Uh, so uh, I no word on if they were you know busted or kicked off. Well, the, they they were they were off kicked the bus, off, but um, I don't know if they got an illegal. Do they look off. to be extremely elderly or are they simply uh, pensioners? We assume they're of retirement they, age. They right? look pretty old. I mean, it's a blurry clip and it's, some some of it's blurred out, but he's clearly Steve using his right arm. There wow. you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, here's the story. Arm or hand. We're gonna reel it back just a little bit. And I head up to my bicep. <laughs> <laughs> God. Okay. Uh, A dog owner, this is in the UK, uh, was left horrified after his Jack Russell pulled a giant dildo from a bush. Oh my God. Which one? George? (laughs) No. (laughs) Laura. Probably Laura. Yeah. Uh, Shocked, Ian Craig was at uh, Belburnie Park. When his hound, Alfie, retrieved the large black rubber device, he said Alfie came back with what looked like a stick, but it soon became apparent it was clearly something quite different. Mm. It was the length of the dog, and I admit I was shocked. I left it where the dog dropped it. And the dog was a bull mastiff. <laughs> <laughs> he said this all happened close to the uh, craft center and allotment area in the park, and it seems that other have come across similar, similar items, too. Another visitor, George Smith, stumbled across a white rubber sex doll or not sex doll, sex toy while he was walking in the park. So the question is, who uses these things and then just dispense, disposes of them? Yeah. Right? They're, 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 at least it's our understanding. Yeah. They're they got to be rich. Right? Yeah. Because they're expensive, these things. He said, I was in the same park when I found a different sex toy. Uh, news of the fines has prompted community leaders to call on the local council to clean up the area. And that is all that we have time for right now in the Bizarre File. Let's give away our last $25 gift card to Honey Grow. <clears throat> and uh, thanks again for them uh, stopping by today. Try their new fall menu dishes, uh, including the Harvest... It, okay. Start over. Well, it says try their new fall menu dishes, and then it says in parentheses, offerings. Uh, including the Harvest Soba. I think we understand that dishes means food. Right, yeah. Uh, the Waldorf salad and the roasted autumn. I just ate a dish. Honey bar. <laughs> <laughs> you should have specified. Find a location near you at honeygrow.com, and we thank the uh, the gang from Balakin with our local Honey Grow for coming here. Their information is, like I said, available at honeygrow.com. Call number 18-215-263-WMMR. We will give you a $25 gift card, so give us a call right now. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with the lesson question in the trash and music news. Stay with us. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Yes, yes, yes. We have so much more to go before the uh, program is over for the day. Weather-wise, we have a mostly sunny day. That's what they're calling for anyhow. I have about 60 degrees. Not as windy as yesterday. 
<clears throat> Sunshine tomorrow, high 63. And then Sunday, uh, showers in the high of about 60. Uh, but the showers aren't going to be until a little bit later in the day. You have the AIDS walk on Sunday. Nick and I will both be at the Laurel House 5K on Sunday morning. And I think we're going to be clear in the morning weather-wise. That's going to be all right. And then You're going to be fine. And then you've got an event on Sunday, right, well, Steve? Well, it's actually going on at the Morris Animal Refuge. <laughs> I, won't, I won't be there, but uh, it's, uh, it's called the Duncan Dallas Fan Tailgate at Morris Animal Refuge. We're going to put all the information up on PrestonSteve.com. Basically, you can go down and do have a whole bunch of fun, but you, they're going to have a dunk tank there with someone who's dressed as a Dallas fan, and you can pay to dunk them so uh, and hopefully donate some money to Morris Animal Refuge and, and see what the facility is all about. So cool. I'll put all the information up on PrestonSteve.com. Nick will put it up for us. Uh, a couple of shout-outs, if you guys don't mind. Yeah. Uh, it says, uh, hey, guys, writing you from uh, Paraguay, South America. I serve in the Peace Corps here, <laughs> but I am from the Westchester area originally. My mom is turning 55 on Friday, and we've been listening to your show since the Y100 days. I listen down here when I can, but my mom still drives to work with your show on the radio every day. Sorry to be that person, but if you had all had five seconds to wish her a happy birthday for me, she'd lose her mind. Don't sweat it, though, if you can't. I get that uh, people ask for this all the time. Thanks for considering it. You guys rock. Take care. That's from Stephen E. McBay down in Paraguay. So there's a uh, shout-out. almost sounds like your dad's fart, Casey. Paraguay. Paraguay. Do you guys know that uh, Paraguay is one of the only two landlocked countries in South America? No. Yeah, yeah the other's Bolivia. I There's your aware of that. fun fact for the weekend. You just knew that. Uh-huh. You actually did just that know that. That one I knew. Yeah. Uh, this is sad, uh, but I want to uh, pass this along. Uh, this is from, uh, let's see if they wanted me to say who it was, Tom. Uh, Tom Wilson says, hey, I want to give a shout-out. Uh, I wish the shout-out was for a better reason, and as I struggled to write this email, I was wondering if, if the ground transportation shop at Joint Base McGuire Dick's Lakehurst can get a shout-out uh, for one of our fallen airmen, Staff Sergeant Brandon Prysock. He was killed in a motorcycle accident on October 3rd, and he is going home to his final resting place in Michigan today. Uh, and I wish the Prysock family all the love in the world. Thanks, guys. So. We normally don't do that type of thing, but we are happy to do it in this particular occasion. So sorry to hear that. And then one more. Uh, this uh, another military one. And this says, let's see, is this a shard out? Uh, it says, hey, I've been in the Army for a little over 10 years now. Currently stationed at Fort Benning as a drill sergeant. Uh, I'm from the Lansdale area. I was wondering if you could throw this out on the show. I've recently gotten involved with the Travis Mannion Foundation. Oh, very cool. Uh, yeah. Located in Doylestown. So this is more of a butt plug. Uh, we are uh, we're putting a ruck march on in honor of one of my closest friends, Specialist Nicholas Welch, who was uh, killed in action uh, in August of 2013. All donations will be sent to Fort Benning Battle Buddy Research Center, and it's for it's a food pantry for uh, uh, an outreach program and uh, a place to get clothing. Even in the military, people still get hit with hard times, and being the type of people we uh, we are, a lot of times they don't ask for help until it's too late. I attached, sent a link of a picture of my buddy. I know there's a ton of charities, but this foundation is amazing. I really uh, appreciate this. Did I send information to you? About he that, he copied me on the email, yeah. So <clears throat> okay. it's up on the, on the community events page of the website, which is very busy this time of year. So it's from uh, Josh Rivera. So uh, there's a butt plug for that. Just wanted to mention. Yes, we're in a we're jammed, by the way. We're oh sending, I'm sending you two more things today. Actually, three more things today, Nick, for the uh, for the for the uh, schedule. But yeah, uh, we, we try to get we try to get to everything. Well, yeah. Preston, Preston and I are doing Laurel House 5K on Sunday. There's another one, Casey, that you and I got emailed about. Uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to mention the kindness walk. Is that yep. what you're talking yep, about? Yep. All right, yeah. So there's a kindness walk. It's an anti-bullying campaign that's happening on Sunday in Prospect Park, which is in Delco. So, um, 
you know, this has been going on for, for a long time now. I, I'm My wife's been away for business all week, so I don't know if I can make it there just yet. But, okay. Uh, but hopefully I, I will be you're there getting the word out. at the Kindness Walk. Um, so if you need any information on that, uh, you can actually just go to Prospect Park Borough. Is this with Chief Madonna? Yeah, with ChiefMadonna.com. And by the way, the uh, borough is spelled B-O-R-O.com because okay. it is Delco. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to do today's lesson question, see if you've been paying attention. And we are going to give away as a prize four-pack tickets for Six Flags, Great Adventure, and Safari. So the question this morning is, what song does Caitlyn Jenner like to sing when doing deadlifts? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. What song does Caitlyn Jenner like to sing while doing deadlifts, you had to have been listening in the 6 o'clock hour to know the answer to this. 215-263-WMMR. While you're calling, we are going to do the trash. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you this morning by Godshalls. Check out the new Godshalls packaging where you buy bacon and easier to read nutrition, like 80% less fat than pork and 6 grams of protein. Real wood smoke taste Godshalls. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, actress Susan Summer taking the occasion of her 73rd birthday to post a mostly nude picture of herself on social media. Summer says she wanted to prove she still got it. But now it's at the end of a two-foot curtain of flesh. Oh, wow. Dude. Hey! Dude. (laughs) Liam Hemsworth not wanting to ruin things by rushing into his relationship with actress Madison Brown. Liam is reportedly playing it old school and has even asked Madison's dad for permission to do anal. Oh, wow. And finally, Felicity Huffman is apparently learning the ropes quickly while serving her two-week sentence at the Federal Correctional Institute, nicknamed Club Fed. In fact, Huffman has already learned how to make a shiv in the foam of her cappuccino. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's your Hollywood track. All righty, we'll see if somebody knows the answer to this question. What song does Caitlyn Jenner like to sing while doing deadlifts? 215-263-WMMR. And I will go to Rich. See if we can get that answer. Hey, Rich, good morning. Hey, good morning. All right, so what sing does what song does uh, Caitlin like to sing? Old Man River. Very yeah. good. Yep. Hang on the line, Rich. We are going to give you a four-pack of tickets for Six Flags Great Adventure and Safari. You can take your fear for a ride at Six Flags uh, Fright Fest with over 20 haunted attractions and more zombies than ever before. Thrills by day, fright by night. And weekends through November 3rd is when they take place. Let's do music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. John Stamos. Brought to you this morning by Delilah's. Delilah's presents A Night at the Movies 2. Their 28th anniversary party on Wednesday, October 23rd with guest DJ PS1. Visit Delilah's.com for details. Greta Van Fleet has both an ally and critic in Justin Hawkins, lead singer of British throwback glam rockers The Darkness. Uh, In a recent interview, Hawkins defended the Michigan rock quartet against charges that they've ripped off the sound of Led Zeppelin. But at the same time, he also criticized the group for its songwriting abilities. He said, the timber of Josh Kiska's voice is so similar to Robert Plant's that you can't help but be excited when you hear him sing. There's lots of potential for them to be as amazing as Led Zeppelin, but they're going to need some better songs, he said. Hawkins added, when uh, something like this comes along and everyone gets excited, it shows you how uh, little we have to to offer as a genre. Uh, That's not to slag them off because I think they have the potential to be amazing. They could be the next phase of what Led Zeppelin should have been doing, he said. So, I don't know. 
the darkness had kind of a hit for a moment. They they did. They it. they were actually ahead of the curve. I, I think they're actually, believe it or not, they're on the Kiss Cruise. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kiska himself said a while back that uh, the backlash hasn't really bothered the group. He said that, I think, in kind of a way, almost has been beneficial as a reminder that maybe if we're doing something of substance... That if we're not insulting people's intelligence and we're trying to challenge them or ask some questions, that there are certain people that are getting whipped out of shape is a good reminder that maybe it is substantial material. Yeah, I guess it would be worse if nobody was saying anything. <clears throat> yeah, uh, they had to cancel some gigs in the area, right? They well, postpone. Or postpone, yeah. I'm sorry, re- reschedule. It's going to yeah. be in uh, December instead of now. Yeah. St. Asonia, the act led by X Three Days Grace frontman Adam Gontier and stained guitarist Mike Mushuk has shared a new song this August Day is the title of it. The track is the latest single from St. Asonia's forthcoming album, Flawed Design, which is due out on October 25th. Uh, they previously released a music video for the single from Flawed Design, The Hunted, uh, featuring uh, Sully Erna from Godsmack. Beck's 14th studio album, titled Hyperspace, will feature a guest appearance by Coldplay vocalist Chris Martin. Ah. Uh, the latter will contribute to a song called Stratosphere. Sky uh, Ferriera will also shows up on the track, titled Die Waiting, while super producer Pharrell worked on seven of the set's 11 songs. We have a clip of it. Yeah. They come from oh, I said think? a name wrong. Uh, Ferriera. Oh. Ferreria. We have a clip of it. Thank <laughs> uh, So Beck uh, talked about collaborating with Pharrell, saying, I'd always wanted to make a record with him. We had uh, been friendly over the years and had gotten together and talked about making some music back in 2012. But around that time, he ended up putting out a song with Daft Punk, then Blurred Lines, and Happy. Uh, Pharrell's other producing credits include Beyonce, Kendrick Lamar, and many others. I like Daft Punk. Have they... Uh... <clears throat> Not anything since the last album. What was that yeah. called Discovery or something? I, I, I love that. that Paul album. Williams was on that album. Yep, was he? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Marilyn Manson has shared a new version of the classic American folk song "God's Gonna Cut You Down." Uh, the track was recorded with producer Tyler Bates, with whom Manson collaborated on his last two records, 2015's "The Pale Emperor" and 2017's "Heaven Upside Down." Manson also has released a cinematic black and white video for the tune, filmed in Joshua Tree, California. Uh, the song is available to pre-order now on a limited pressing picture disc featuring one of Manson's original watercolor paintings. Well, a British physician is refuting a claim that Eddie Van Halen contracted tongue cancer back in 2000 due to placing metallic guitar picks in his mouth. Yeah, that seemed a little sketchy. Van Halen's camp remains mum regarding the rumors that the guitar legend is battling either throat or lung cancer. According to a TMZ report, Van Halen has been traveling between the U.S. and Germany for treatment going on several years now. In 2000, surgeons removed roughly one-third of his tongue due to the disease. Ooh. He's always been a, a chain smoker, right? Oh, yeah. And drinker. You know, yeah. he's, he's gone in and out of sobriety. But uh, he had said that, uh, you know, I used me- uh, metal picks there, brass and copper, which I always held in my mouth in the exact place where the tongue got cancer. Uh Plus, I basically live in a recording studio that's filled with electromagnetic energy. So there's that's one theory. This is just my own theory, but the doctors say it's possible. Uh, but according to Dr. Uh, Tom Micklewright, the medical professor at Push Doctor UK, uh, guitar picks are most likely not the cause of his cancer issues. He explained that 
Neither copper nor the metals in brass are considered carcinogenic by the International Agency for Research on Cancer. I said copper coils have been used as contraception in the human body for many years without evidence of increased cancer risk. In contrast, numerous chemicals contained within cigarettes have been conclusively proven to significantly oh. increase cancer risk. Oh, it's the cigarettes. It might be the cigarettes instead of the guitar picks. I'll say this, though. Whatever it is, I hope, obviously, yeah. that everything turns out well. He he did. I thought that was a, a finished chapter after they did the, the surgery on the tongue and everything. But maybe there was more uh, that, that uh, esophageal or something. But they haven't specified, so we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it. That's what I got for you in uh, music um, news this morning. What? No, 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 no. There's one last thing. There's a huge concert tonight at uh, the that's Broken right. Goblet, right? Right, yes. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, for one night only at the Broken Goblet, the sound, the rock, the experience that is Saint. Uh, yeah, we're playing a gig tonight. The Broken Goblet, named after the son who had a goblet and broke it. Yeah, that's Close. right. That's, as we learned Close. yesterday. You know, you know the origin? Yeah, you'll see when you get there, it's on the wall. They broke a goblet like this. Casey was right. The, uh, thing. I was right. You were the goblet right. they had in the thing. What do you mean? A goblet they had back in the tap room okay. that they named it. I was just broken, and they named it after it. Okay. The story yeah. dates back five years. <laughs> a goblet in the thing, and we broke it. Mm-hmm. I did find out there's no cover charge. It's absolutely free show. Wow. I think okay. you're going to have a great turnout. We uh, should. It, hopefully we will. It'll be fun. And uh, our buddy uh, Brian from Chorus Photography is going to be shooting our show tonight. Very nice. Ooh, and whoa. Kathy Romano, when Kathy Romano says she's not going to be there. Well, she's at a wedding. Yeah. My brother's getting married. But. I will not be there either. Uh, I am uh, actually going to a gala for uh, Our Lady of Angels, OLA. Uh, it's my old grade school, OLPH. Yeah. Does Our Lady of Angels rock? Uh, they do rock. Uh, so I, I'm actually speaking at the gala tonight. And. And uh, so that is at the Springfield Country Club. I believe you can actually still buy tickets for said gala. Okay. I went and bought a new outfit yesterday and everything. Ooh. What's the name of it? Uh, which? The, the gala, gala or the place? The gala. Uh, it is, um, it's the OLA Gala. Yeah! <laughs> uh, what, do you, what would you like to see in the audience tonight? You know, he said people have brought down things, signs. Oh, hot chicks showing their boobs, man. Hot That's chick. what you always want to see. Yeah. Tonight at the Broken Goblet. <laughs> Showing their boobs for Saint. Uh, I don't know what's been said recently on the show that would be nice to have on a sign. Very, you guys are very much good. Very much good. Saint <laughs> is very much good. Somebody suggested we should put that on a uh, on a pint glass for the uh, blood drive next year. Very, very much, much great. Very, very much great. great. Oh, very, very much great. That's right. Very yeah. much great. Yeah. yeah. Don't you say rip my ass out? How about something like that? Uh, destroy my ass. Destroy, destroy your ass. Destroy Which your as we know Saint is... destroys my ass. <laughs> Cream of the scream. Oh, no. I'm oh, not I, I was getting... Okay, sorry. All right. Anyway, um, so, yeah, we're playing a gig tonight. Starts at 8 o'clock. Or, or, I'm sorry, 8.30. 8.30, 11.30. Fairly early end tonight, which I'm excited 8, about. 8.30 to 11.30? Yeah. Wow. Two okay. sets. Wow. Yeah, so come out and uh, be a part of the party. We're going to have a good time. Uh, let's take a break. Come back in just a moment, and we will give away our Word of the Week prize and more. Stay with us. MMR Rocks Stone Temple Pilots, celebrating 25 years of... Purple. 
Listen all this weekend to win a special two-CD newly remastered version of the band's landmark mega album. For the Super STP fans, we've got the one-hour national radio special featuring STP's Robert DeLeo and Eric Kretz, hosted by our very own Pierre Robert. WMMR.com for broadcast times and all the details, including a shot for MMR VIPs to win a super deluxe vinyl edition of Purple, available from Rhino Records, Stone Temple Pilots, and 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. That band is Highly Suspect, and the new song is called 16. Highly Suspect came down and uh, visited us at the Camp Out for Hunger one year and played one of our free shows there, um, which uh, we are in the planning stages <laughs> of uh, Camp yeah. Out for Hunger. I've been receiving emails and people asking questions. We have saved the date, uh, which is December 2nd to the 6th at Xfinity Live uh, inside the Wells Fargo Center Complex. And if you need some of those details, just so you can set it aside. You can go to WMMR.com and use the keyword campout. And more information is coming soon for this year's business challenge, the incentives, special events. There's a poster that Marissa loves that you can download and print up and have on your own. Well, we always get uh, people asking to get boxes, and unfortunately, we can't pass out those boxes. Uh, but just print out this poster that's on our website, and you know, set up your own little collection right yep. there in your neighborhood. And uh, there's information about uh, the businesses and and uh, how you can get info on on uh, putting together a. Getting the most out of your food drive. Yeah. yeah, and I think, honestly, I'm very excited for uh, the stuff we have planned this year. It, it always, it, it, listen, it's, it's a huge undertaking, but when we're in the throes of it, it's I mean, it's just amazing. Yep. Uh, and, by the way, <laughs> uh, we have a new Daily Rush video that's up and running. It is called the Jenner-Hemsworth-Lowen Love Triangle. Huh. And uh, the description is, how do people watch the Kardashians? I don't remember that one. Neither do I. I'll have to Me go watch neither. it. I'll go watch it now at PrestonandSteve.com, sponsored by Punchline Philly, Comedy Club Restaurant and Bar. So, new Daily Rush video available for your viewing pleasure. Thank you to our guests on the program today. We had comedian Brendan Schaub, who was here. Really nice guy. And uh, a funny guy. Yes. And and, uh, a talented athlete as well. And he's going to be at uh, Helium Comedy Club, so check out his show. And also, thank you, really cool conversation with author and executive producer Brian Stevenson, uh, who wrote the uh, the book and is the uh, producer behind the film Just Mercy, which will be in theaters in January, and stars uh, Karen Kendrick and a guy who we had always wanted to talk to, Tim Blake Nelson, who are all here in our studio. So that movie comes out uh, in January of 2020, which is really cool. Thank you to Honeygrove for dropping off the food this morning. We it's appreciate good stuff. it. Honeygrove.com. And thank you to Carrie and Rob in for the annual AIDS Walk Philadelphia this weekend, hosted by Pierre Robert. Hey, hey, there I am. There he is. Um, yeah, it's it's good. You can still sign up, 215-731-WALK or AIDSFundPhilly.org. Love to see you out. Get sponsors. Come out. Raise some money for a great cause. Uh, and uh, as you mentioned earlier, it's not going to rain till later in the day. You guys, you and Nick are out at another wonderful event. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Laurel House 5K, right. and that will be Sunday morning as well. Where is that at? It is at the Upper Gwinnett Township 
building. It's a park, essentially. Oh, I know that place. Yeah, yeah. so we will uh, we'll be there. We've done it the past several years. It's a fun event. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so go to either or, or do both of them. Split <laughs> yourself in half and go right. to both of them, <laughs> and that way you can raise money in a full way, even though you'll be only half at each place. Mm. You'll be like that blob at the Paris Zoo. Person. Exactly. Yeah. Two halves just... will equal a whole. And they put, get put back together after yeah, the right, event. Right after that, yes. Very easy to do. Uh, we have this cool trip to give away. You're going to give us that final letter? Yo-ho. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. Yo-ho, here we go. That worked out nicely. Uh, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter... T is in Tommy. All right. And we'll take caller number 10 with a T at 215-263-WMMR. And if you know that word, you may be on this very cool trip we have. So call right now, 215-263-WMMR. How has your day been so far today, Pierre? Well, listening to you guys uh, always establishes a good foundation for a great day for me. Oh, that's very kind. I also loved that you shared, I mean, you guys are modest and you don't generally boast, uh, but that the actor, Tim Joe, what's his name? Tim Joe Blowhard. Tim Blake Nelson. (laughs) Yeah. um, uh, He's a, um, I loved that he, um... Uh, shared with you how uh, what a great interview you guys do because well, you do well. Thank you, and it was kind of unexpected because he was he was very quiet, and I wasn't sure how he felt things right. were going. And right. realized and that is a concern of ours that our guests feel, you know, especially the really talented, high profile ones, ones that we'd look up to. Man, I hope they're enjoying this. You know, and and uh, he he enjoyed it so much that he. He, he repeated this compliment several times in the green room, and it was really nice to hear. Well, listen, we, we just, it's the way we do it. And, and the encounter, perhaps, he, he made, he indicated that he had been, he's done a lot of morning radio, and, and he, he he wanted to make sure that we we understood what he was saying in a complimentary way. It was really nice. Yeah. Um, without disparaging any uh, other radio, there is some bad morning radio across the country. Um not in our company, but um, across the country, there is some some pretty awful bad radio, and a lot of people get subjected to it. But uh, the fact that you guys can make someone laugh and have an intelligent discussion uh, is really to your all credit. You know, well, thank and, you, sir. Uh, it's very much great. I, you know, <laughs> and, uh, it's very much great. Uh, it, it is, and. Um, I love you. I love you too. Um, and um, but it's so true, though. And and I, I just that's why I love John Travolta. I rest my case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know how big does it have to get? And for him to say on the air, you know what a great time and how it was the best time he had. And yeah. you know your knowledge of of you know all kinds of details of every film ever made and every director and every writer and and. Uh, the best boy on the set, whatever that means. But you see that in the credits, best boy. Yeah. Key grip. And grip, grip and yeah. Boy. Yeah, rigor. <laughs> yeah. You know, things like that. You know every detail, so it's 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 amazing. Cool. Well, thank you for that compliment, man. All right, I'm going to go over and find our 10th caller, and it just so happens to be Joey. Hey, Joey. Hey, you guys are very much great. Oh, <laughs> you. You're the best. Thank you, Joey. What's that word we're looking for? That word is hat. Quid pro quo! Yeah. 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 Quid pro quo. Hat. Can I ask why you chose that word? Hat? Yeah, because it ties directly into the movie. Um, I knew that. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. and that's yeah. why. The main, I didn't really know he that. Didn't. The main villainous character is called Rose the Hat in uh, Dr. Sleep. And yeah, Joey, yeah. we're going to send you 
to Los Angeles, California, to the Regal Theater, the Regency Theater, I'm sorry, for the premiere of Dr. Sleep. Congratulations. That is awesome. I've never been outside of the East Coast. Oh, oh you're going to have a freaking yeah. great time. Oh, I'm jealous. You're going to love it. Congratulations, awesome. show. I can't wait. Thanks, guys. Excellent. And the film is a follow-up to Stephen King's The Shining and was written and directed by Mike Flanagan. And it's in theaters nationwide on Friday, November 8th. So <laughs> the way. Very good. Hey, real quick, I want to point something out before we find out what uh, Pierre's going on. Uh, is Matt... What? I forgot to do this. Go ahead. Oh, is Matt Schaefer in here? Yes, sir. It's Matt's 40th birthday, Yay! everybody! Yay! Whoa! Big 4-0 for Matt Schaefer. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's Matt Schaefer's 40th birthday. So, Casey is heading over to give Matt the special birthday button, which we hand wow. out to all birthdays here in the studio. Mm. I have a couple things going on this weekend, too. Uh, tomorrow is studio day at Newman University. I'm going to be there with our friend Andre Gardner. It's always and, a good time. Yeah, and our friend Brian from Course Photography as well. So, if uh, you are listening to this and you are interested in radio or TV or you know somebody, um, sign up. It's at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, um, and you can come out and you actually get to play with all the equipment. You get to go live on the radio. Um, you get to get in front of the camera. It's a cool. really hands-on, awesome day. And then Sunday night, I'm going to be at Drinkers at 19th and Chestnut <laughs> watching the Eagles game and giving away Eagles tickets with our friends from Bud Light wow. and Bud uh, Platinum. Okay. Very cool. Very, very good. Uh, what's up on your program, man? Uh, well, we've got cool things. We've got workforce blocks of the Foo Fighters and Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, in honor of the AIDS walk, we'll do a, a thematic block of walking songs and have a few more pieces. You had uh, uh, Carrie and Rob on. Uh, I recorded an interview with them the other day. We'll have a couple pieces of that on. Uh, we also will have the vinyl cut, uh, weekend calendar, Pierre's planner, and on vinyl... We've got some Rush to play, and we've got a Rush Clockwork Angels Tour 5 album set on vinyl to give away, and you can't have it. That was their last studio album, and it was a concept album. They went back to the concept, so... uh, Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it, yeah. Uh, Bill hated it. I liked it. (laughs) I don't like it. Well, it didn't have enough stools. Yeah, exactly. No, like there weren't solo hanging fruit, it, no soup. It yeah. had legs. <laughs> it, it needed more soup and some spice. Mm. Well, he's, that's cool, man. He's uh, driving up to Buffalo right now, isn't he? He is. He's, uh, he I gets, am. He gets to listen to the whole show. He actually enjoys it. He says he enjoys listening to the whole show, yeah. and uh, I assume he's happy. Maybe he's out of. Why is he uh, shuffling off the Buffalo? He's going to the uh, Bills Dolphins game on mm. Sunday. He's opening the... a rib shack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, a Buffalo Bills. Fan. He, he is, is and yeah. he's a Spending devoted a Buffalo yeah. Bills fan. And before yes. anybody passes judgment, he's from Buffalo. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. So. And he has bad taste. Well, that he's from too. Buffalo. He's allowed to. They lost four Super Bowls in a row. Yeah. So, yeah. But he dresses well. He does. He does. He's a natty yeah. dresser. He's really, he could be like one of those models, you know. <clears throat> um you know, you, you know, know those models, yeah, like those, models. Well, model. those those models. Yeah, you you know, in those magazines, like, right. the, the ones who are a, a, a hit in the boardroom in the bedroom. I, I, I don't mean a porn star model, but I oh. mean he. You know, he does dress nicely. Oh I, yeah, these are Bill West and programs two radio stations. But when he gets between the sheets, he doesn't want to end up al dente. How did they? Jack hammers the missus right through the floorboard. Bill Dente. <laughs> oh, I love wrapping up the week with that. 
As wow. we come in for a landing. Yeah, we are coming in for a landing. Well, yeah, I'm just taking off. I'm going to thank I'm going to thank our sponsors. Uh the President Steve show brought to you today by Acme Fresh Foods, local flavors, the official supermarket of the President Steve show, also French Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville with everything you need for the great outdoors. frenchcreekoutfitters.com. Why take a chance with anybody else? And also the Penn Medicine Virtua Cancer Program. Now listen to what's coming up next week. What you got? We have a lot of in-studio guests. B.B. Newworth. Oh! We'll be here. Emmy winner. Love her, yes. Yeah, Lilith from uh, Cheers and Frasier and all that. Um, Harry Hamlin and Stephanie Powers. Yes! Wow. We'll be Perseus. In that is right. And Mrs. Hoff. Mrs. H. Yeah. Uh, in our studio, Tiffany. Wow. Come yeah. on! The singer. The freaking fiend. love Tiffany. Wow. The pop yeah. singer. Uh, and in our studio... Stallone. No. Frank Stallone <laughs> will be in our studio next week. Yeah. Dude. That doesn't get any better. <laughs> and we'll have a notch your average listener to. Actually, Frank Stallone is a great interview. He's he great, is, and there's he, a... He's wonderful. There's a film that he's involved yeah, with. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to uh, set my DVR. So these things and more next week on the program. Ray John, have a great weekend. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. I don't believe these people I gotta work with. All you hear all day. Oh, look at me. I'm Leslie. Look at me. Ah, shut up. Next message. Oh, I love this nice brisk air. Love this sweater weather. Next message. Yeah, I realize Sun Glare's a bitch, but coming to a complete stop on a highway isn't going to make the sun go the hell away. Go to the store, get a pair of sunglasses, and drive your damn car. And cars still still in full. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack! Sell them for less.